0: But Gundam style, everybody, and welcome to Wow Cool Robot WowCoolRobotNoiseSpace.xyz's very own Gundam podcast. And we, we've watched a movie this week. Uh, we'll do introductions first. I'm Max. Uh, I use he, him pronouns. And with me is... Let's uh, go down from the top in Discord order.
1: Oh, that's me. Uh, hi, I'm Arz. Uh, I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. Um, and I'm pretty new to Gundam, so this is going to be a fun time. Mm-hmm.
2: Hi, um, I go by Cass. I use they and them pronouns, um, and I'm happy to be here.
3: And I'm Bryant. I use he and they pronouns, and I'm also excited to be on here.
0: I have assembled this week a crack team of, of Gundam knowers, let's say, because I, I think Cass, you knew about Gundam already when I started this show. I believe you had seen some Gundam.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, so I saw. I started watching Gundam um, in 2014 um, with uh, Iron Blooded Orphans, um, and I hated it. Um, I, I, I absolutely. I was like, "This is awful. Um, I'm never watching this." Um, and then just completely like set my mind up until about 2019 was when I went back and started watching the um, original series after watching things like. Uh, like, for instance, at the table's um, counterweight and mm-hmm. um, things like that that were, like, very clearly inspired by it. Um, so I went back and watched all through, like, the Universal Century stuff um, and kind of fell in love with it
0: a bit. Um, so that's kind of my story. Yeah. And ours, I think y- y- you have watched a concerning amount of Gundam, let's say.
1: Well, quarantine destroyed my brain. So, <laughs> Who am I? Uh, <laughs> so I watched a lot of it very quickly. Um, and then I've slowed down recently, but uh, yeah, I burned through uh,
2: <laughs>
1: the Universal Century, or at least uh, the parts of the Universal Century by uh, Tomino, yeah. a.k.a. the Bastard Man, we all thank for Yeah, this-
0: a.k.a. A- a- our <laughs> collective enemy.
1: <laughs> Who I can't help but be fascinated by.
0: He's it's like a truly- traitor can't look away.
1: He's truly a strange person to read about. <laughs> I'm utterly enthralled by it what, Whatever's going on there is <laughs> It's something special
0: Yeah uh, and, and, and Brian, I think Have you also seen Gundam before I did this show? I, I think you came yeah. with some knowledge yeah,
3: yeah, I saw 0079 back in freshman year In like 2015 of college mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I stopped Like I tried getting into Zeta And then it didn't happen But when you started the podcast, I caught up
2: mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah. most of it I think this is the newest show I've watched, like the latest Gundam, because I've been watching stuff from like the 90s. Mm-hmm. So seeing the transition is pretty jarring.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the nice thing about this is that like it, it's it's nice having. So, so I, I don't even think I mentioned it. We watched Hathaway, a uh, new movie, the the first of three movies, which is exciting. So th- th- this it was a lovely cool.
1: day. It was a lovely day to watch Hathaway. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, so so this group will meet two more times when Hathaway 2 and Hathaway 3 come out in, like, ten years. Um, but this is a continuation of Counter counterattack, which was from what, like... Oh, when did that come out? Like, 89, I think? Does that sound right? That's
2: right. Yeah, that's correct, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, like, it's interesting... Obviously, Gundam is a series that you can kind of like bounce ideas from kind of any series off against completely unrelated series because there's obviously all these sort of uh, semantic through lines. But in in terms of like a sort of direct history, you don't need to have seen a ton of Gundam for this. Just like, you know, the first trilogy, then Char's counterattack, then Hathaway, uh, because this has nothing to do with unicorn or narrative, I believe, even though... This is what? This is 12 years after Shars Counterattack, attack and Unicorn is 3 and Narrative was 4 after Star's Counterattack, And as if on cue that freaking train that I live right next to has started tooting again. Wonderful. Um, but yeah, like th- th- this is...
2: You can cut ish. around it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting having like a, a new UC show that I feel like people have responded very positively to the movie, yeah? Like we all, we all liked it, I think? Yeah, I
2: liked it. Yeah, um I really loved it. And I feel like like you said, the reaction I've seen online has been mostly like really positive. People seem to love this movie. Even the most jade
1: jadedist, like Gundam people I know, uh are like an, absolutely pleased with this. It's uh it's really fun. It's
0: it's it's I love when something new comes out that really brings the community together because like having I you know, I feel like this opinion has changed over time but i think you talk about double zeta to a lot of fans and they're like oh i don't like double zeta it's the like the the humor one and first of all wrong uh double zeta is good but then you talk about Shars counterattack and people are like oh shard's counterattack it's such a good movie and i i did not like Shars counterattack at all so it was really very very like relieving in a way to watch this and be like oh this is like this is what if i mean it's not shard counterattack but like it's good. It's really good. I'm glad that a sequel to that movie that I didn't like turned out to be something I really, really did like. And I can only hope that, you know, two and three stick the landing as well. But like, it was good. It was a really fun time. Yeah, I
2: mean, I guess I wanted to ask you about that. And like everyone else on the call as well, um, mm. I guess. I'm not sure where the kind of like spectrum of opinions on Charles County or Um And you know, we don't need to like really legit it or anything. But like, I guess what kind of what like makes what do you think makes this movie work where, like, that one kind of, I think, fell, like, short for a lot of people?
0: I, for me personally, I think what it was is that Shars counterattack, and there's, re- like, I can see inside my mind right now, and I can sort of, like, understand the read of Shars counterattack I had can be made in a better light, sort of, like, in reflection of the first three, like, Goosey Gundam shows, in that, like, it's, like, this sort of, like, inevitability of this cycle of I mean mainly Amaru and Char just like they can't help but fight but like it, it almost felt like you know Char sabotaging all of his plans in that movie kind of mirrored like Char's counterattack, almost like sabotaging how much I loved the first three Gundam series like on a sort of like meta narrative level but oh, yeah y- yeah yeah but but I mean I don't know, with this, and I was saying this to Cass uh, before we started recording, um, and someone posted, I don't know if it was uh, any of you uh, three, posted in our Discord uh, some quick review of uh, Hathaway on TikTok, and they said it was a spy thriller. And hearing that, I was like, oh, yeah, no, it kind of is just like a spy thriller with a Gundam, like, coat of paint on top of it. And I think that's what I really liked about it. It has all the ideology that you expect to see from UC Gundam, but in in a sort of more novel presentation, like, I, I, there's there's something about how the movie, like, sort of carries itself that doesn't really feel like a Gundam show a lot of the time, but then when, you know, the Gundam bits come, you're like, oh, it's a Gundam show. I don't know. I I, I like how it, it almost feels experimental in a way. That That's kind of, like, the reason I like it so much. Uh,
1: it... it... There's some, yeah to get to Cas's original statement and then I'll get mm-hmm. circle back to a response to what you said. Uh, the thing I found frustrating about Shars counterattack is that a it's incredibly beautiful. Like the animation is oh yeah enthralling. Uh, the character designs are all really fun. The big robots are all cool, and I like to look at them. Mm. Um, but it really didn't feel narratively coherent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nor did I feel like the character moments I wanted to happen or get focused on really have the space to do that. It's pretty clear to me that Tomino uh, doesn't know how to write movies. Yeah, Which I'm like, I like a lot of the stuff that he's written, much to my own chagrin. But (laughs) uh, he... The structure and pacing required of a movie is a different skill set than plotting out a series or a book or a book or a, even just like a short series, like 13 episodes. Right. Uh, Entirely different act structure, which brings me to Hathaway because Hathaway is super strangely structured. It is not a normal movie. Hi, Bowie. Sorry, my cat just showed up.
0: <laughs> oh, we have a um, guest in the audience. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: Uh. He's going to be a sweet boy. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Hathaway, to your point about it being like a spy thriller, it's a really weird movie structurally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I It almost, like if I want to get into like act structure, I mm-hmm. think it only has like two acts. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really weird. It's weirdly paced. And I sort of... I, You mentioned that it's kind of experimental, and I think part of that is the subject matter, in that this is a UC show where the Federation is not taking the place of the protagonist. Right. It's not not the main focus. Yeah, it's not the... hero. Federation has never been heroic, but... Yeah, yeah. They've always been the protagonistic side. You know, we're never on Mm -hmm. Xeon's side. Right, yeah. yeah. uh, Which... Or, like, if we get into later UC sh- shows, like, Zanskare is clearly the villains. hmm Or the antagonist. Right. Um, you can quibble about the morality or of each move. Yeah, yeah, moving on. Uh, but, yeah, I think that sort of experimental structure and style goes with the break from UC tradition of having a sort of subversive hero existing within a, a fascist-aligned military structure, um, such as the Federation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it, it ends up creating a really fascinating product in Hathaway, and I'm curious to see how it plays out in the next
0: two movies. Yeah, it was good. What, 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 what's your take, Brian?
3: Yeah, I think this uh, movie benefits from being the first in a trilogy, where it can spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time just setting up the characters and the ideas. Because, you know, with this series, it's in the middle of the UC timeline, I'd say. And, you know, there's gonna be other shows that happen after it, and we, you know, vaguely know that things aren't okay. Um, So, what's gonna happen in these three movies is kind of something where we focus on the characters more, I'd say. And the observation that it's a that this first one is paced like a spy thriller kind of theming, I think it's very interesting, and I wonder how the other two are going to play out, especially with uh, the setup at the end
0: yeah, like th- that that's that's the main thing. This is a setup movie
1: which normally I would really dislike because mm-hmm. yeah you know, I, I I come from something of a filmmaking background, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm no longer in that field exactly, but uh the Specifics of like spending a whole movie mostly just setting pieces in place part of me really bristles at that, but another part of me, uh, really find, finds it so engaging in the particular way it's done here that I can't help but admire it.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it, I, I'm with you, it, it's like re, the part of the reason why. Like I've seen every Marvel movie, if I may show go my ass it. live on podcast. But like going uh, back, it's like, oh my god, so many of these movies just exist to set up other things, and like n- it feels like nothing in that sphere can exist on its own. But then I watched this, and I was like, now hold on, let let let's hear them out. It's Gundam, so I'm willing to give them a pass for it. But yeah, it, I it think, just like yeah, you go.
1: No, I think the issue with like the Marvel movies is that while most so many of their movies exist as setup. Fundamentally, the characters don't actually have, like, real arcs that occur within each movie, and then they are continually changed in each, which is very strange if you're, like, thinking about, like, the Marvel philosophy going back to the 60s, of, like, the thing that made Marvel special as a comics company was that characters did change, uh, that Peter Parker, over the course of Two or three years graduated high school and went to college and turned from this like angry kid you might worry would try and like blow up his school to like a semi functional adult. Mm-hmm. Like you saw that change, and the Marvel movies haven't done that. But th- this one, we see so much change <laughs> yeah. happen over the course of two days, roughly. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. This is like th- the time frame is so short in this movie.
3: Yeah another thing is that, like we know that this is like a Tomino project, so he's willing to like shift things on a dime when it comes to the, his stories. Yeah. So you're always on edge <laughs> you know, what thing happens.
1: Yeah Which, Yeah. I really respect that in particular.
0: But, mm-hmm. uh... Yeah. Uh, Cass, was there anything that you wanted to say about your original point? Like, I, w- I want to hear your take on this uh... versus Star's counterattack.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, likewise, like, I think um, I don't love Shah's Counterattack as a film. I think it has some interesting things to say, but like, as a film to watch, it's kind of miserable. It's like a miserable time, um, <laughs> maybe intentionally, but that doesn't change how it feels to watch it. Um, oh, yeah. Whereas like, yeah, I think, um, I think to your point um, about spy thrillers and to Brian's point about characterization, like uh, this is a movie that kind of has like some like... It's like a movie that's like kind of fundamentally about like free, um, kind of like I'd say like fucked up adults, um, and yeah. how they like navigate their um especially in Halfway's case, like their traumas and stuff. Um and it makes for like a really uh like movie that's like really fun to watch, really engaging, still like engages with like all of the um ideas that do work in Charles counterattack, but kind of like recontextualizes them. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll, like, discuss it as we get into the plot, but, like, I think it's, um, a, not only just, like, a really, a much more interesting movie to watch, um, but, like, it's a fun one, too. Like, I would show this to people who maybe, um, weren't necessarily super into Gundam. Um, I'd, like, consider doing that for a way I would never do for, um, something like Shots Counter-Attack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, it, it's, it's, like, this is a movie that I could watch with my girlfriend who doesn't really care that much for Gundam, just because it's decent enough at like being interesting to people who aren't inundated with the entire timeline of the series and the ideology and you know et cetera et cetera et cetera. Well, I I, I want to say yeah. something on that. Point. A, cou- a couple a couple asterisks on that, but yeah.
1: That that it does a very good job at what it's trying to do at setting up its characters and setting up the specific world as it exists within this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think it takes a lot of. Liberties with assumed familiarity yeah, in the yeah, audience, yeah. which uh, isn't necessary. They're not. It's not necessarily wrong to do that because it it is a sequel to Shars Counterattack. It's like it is not necessarily the a bad choice, but it is a choice that I could see easily alienating people. Sure. Um, yeah. Despite mm-hmm. like how beautiful the movie is, despite how. Approachable in some ways, the characters and story are. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of details that uh, I think might just leave someone who's new to the series utterly baffled. Uh
0: huh. Um, Yeah. Which is yeah. 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 I I I feel like I'm sorry. You go.
1: No, just inaccessibility is a valid artistic choice. Yeah. Making something for a specific set of people, totally fine. I support that. But uh, it is it is a it is a choice. Like I would be curious to see how many people continue with Gundam stuff if this is their first Gundam.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very interesting thing to see. I I'm really looking forward to like when Hathaway Two comes out, or even just like in the aftermath of this, people who like talk about getting into Gundam and like what they like and don't like having this be like their first taste of Gundam. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people get into Gundam. I think like the thing we've kind of seen like most recently is like. Uh, Like Gundam Unicorn hit um, Netflix, and so that's where like a lot of people got into Gundam over the last few years. So it'll be interesting to see if this becomes like the new kind of awkward starting point um, that Mm -hmm. people fall off on, or like are very interested in like investing themselves in after having watched it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I guess
2: it's definitely a big platform. It's got a big platform on Netflix.
0: Yeah, th- th- that's Ooh. nice because they just they added the compilation 0079 movies and Charles Counterattack like three weeks before Hathaway dropped, which I think I, I I think, you know, not not to hand it to them, but I think the people at Netflix were smart enough to realize we should probably add like the biggest pieces of context for this movie. So that's, you know, a, a decently wise decision on a multi-billion dollar, you know, corporations part. But Say what you watch about Netflix's
1: Netflix. business practices, but they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, they wouldn't have made it this far if they didn't.
1: Sarandos yeah. has, a he knows how to structure his business. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily something I morally agree with, but he's yeah, not exactly. the worst out there. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> and, you know, it's fine.
0: Whatever. Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so I think now's about the time we can get into the movie. Um, So what we can do is I I think this will be structured largely like uh, how Char's counterattack was structured or rather the podcast episode on that where we'll do our summaries uh, and we each have about a quarter of the movie to summarize. Um, And we, I don't think we're going to do like a play by play from then because we would be here for seven hours if we did. Um, But but I I think what we'll be doing is like, we'll give the summaries and then we'll all kind of like the main things that we want to hit on in those parts of the movie. And, you know, some parts are denser than others. But, like, there's definitely going to be some things we really, really focus on and some things we just kind of, like, gloss by because it's not like, you know, it, it, some things are more important than others, basically. Um, but with that, um, Bryant, I believe you have our first summary.
3: Right. The year is Universal Century 105. It has been 12 years after Char's Rebellion. The luxury space shuttle Hounzen is headed towards Earth's Adelaide conference. Its occupants include top Earth Federation officials, Federation officer Kenneth Sleg, a mysterious woman named Gigi Andalusia, and one Hathaway Noah. The topic of Mafti Navuz Uren is overheard, a person hated by the government and beloved by its people. Mafti and his organization wish to rid the Earth of its Federation leadership and have all of humanity immigrate to space. On its descent, the shuttle is hijacked by none other than Mafti himself. The passengers and crew are held hostage for ransom. Prompted by Gigi calling them fakes, Hathaway begins fighting back against the hijackers, and Kenneth joins in. The ships land safely in Davao in the Philippines. Hathaway stays around to leave a statement and is questioned by the Bureau of Investigation, who are at odds with Kenneth in the military. While waiting, Jujie and Hathaway talk, and she correctly assumes that Hathaway is the real Maft. Afterwards, the two are driven to a hotel where they will be staying for the near future.
0: Yeah, this is this intro is very very cool.
2: It's incredible. Um, Like, there's such a. um, I think this was maybe it was um, there was like an event a few weeks before the movie came out where they just showed this 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, And like as you like the 15 minutes before the kind of. Bond song like uh, opening Theme plays. (laughs) it really Um, is a
0: Bond Song
2: (laughs) and people like Loved it for good reason I think like it's like An incredibly like stylish and like Like very like slick like opening sequence
3: Oh yeah those like CGI Renders where you can see like uh, The new Gundam and the is obvious Yeah
0: and you see the Alpha Zero and and The Messers and like yeah it's it's like Oh oh, yeah and uh, music obviously by Main Gundam movie Composer Hiroyuki Sawano who is one of my favorite musicians. Absolutely
1: Absolutely kills it.
0: That fool knows how to make some tracks, I tell you what. I think I'm going to use the, if any of y'all remember, like the music that plays at the end when uh, the chief fights the Penelope. Like that's like, Mm. that's like on my running playlist already. It slams. Um, Good opening. The the main, I I think like my, the main thing I want to kind of like talk about in like this first quarter is like, the very first time, and I'm sure you'll agree with me ours on this, the very first thing I saw from Gigi, I'm like, oh, Gigi's a genius. Gigi knows exactly what she's doing, like, in the entirety of this movie. I,
1: Gigi is the second best character in this movie and maybe third best in the entire Gundam franchise. Um, this, Yes, this movie contains the best and third best characters in all of Gundam. Mm-hmm. I will point out the best when we get to them. Uh, but Gigi is incredible. She's, she reminds me of, like, a million different girls I knew as a team. Uh, and I was always in awe of every single one of them. They were always so, so smart. And they knew exactly how to use every weapon at their disposal to get the best of any given situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always like, oh, I wanted to be them. Uh, I, I, never ha- I never had that sort of, uh, the confidence and that lightning quick intellect as they did but it's really she's she's special that uh, like she absolutely knows exactly the effect she has on people she can read everyone around her perfectly she can uh manipulate any situation to benefit her and i genuinely think she's kind of a good person at her core uh which is really weird because gundam doesn't really traffic in good people um
0: <laughs>
1: but uh I really she maybe it's just my familiarity with sort of the girl she reminds me of. Mm -hmm. Like I've known so many like girls who were like like I'm gonna find a man, fuck him and get get my (laughs) money. Like like, and I was like, Yes.
0: (laughs) You go girl boss.
1: She's perfect. I like every single girl I knew at like hanging out with like in the pit in Cambridge who like had like a rich older boyfriend I was like <laughs> Yikes but also you're winning so yeah.
0: it's Queen she Girl Boss to me. Exactly. She
1: she's she's just the best. Like she ha, she knocked Haman from the number three slot. It should tell you how good she is. I get like, that, I mean
0: we and we all love Haman here.
1: <laughs>
2: we all do love Haman. <sighs> uh, Gigi has such a like private, um, I think, like, as you're saying, like, she has such, like, a private schoolgirl LNG. Like, it's, 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 incredible. Um, the thing I think that, like, kind of strikes me during this sequence, um, uh, that I think kind of, like, makes her character work so well, and I think, like, really holds up a lot of this movie, especially because, like, there's not actually that much robot stuff in it, um, is, like, the character designs in Hathaway, if, like, anyone hasn't seen it, are, like, these very, like, um, I'm not sure how to describe them, but, they're like, they're very, like, thin, realistic is maybe, like, not the quite the right word, but I think compared to some of the those yeah, absolutes of, like, um, body language being expressed by, like, um, looks from, like, Halfway and Kenneth and stuff, um, it, like, really makes these characters, like, work, especially in the room. And I inter- absolutely want to shout out the action
1: scenes in this as, like, oh my particularly well-staged, like, great use of, like, line of action, uh, the animation was so fluid, the character movement, the way, like, we see a person react to a gunshot by running and immediately smacking their head against the wall.
0: Yes, absolutely same.
1: It, everything about it was, like, a perfectly structured, like, suspense sequence. Uh, and then when it broke out into violence, that violence was so well choreographed, I was... I was so pleased with that because, like, the human fights in Gundam have not always been particularly good.
0: Yeah, the only good one was in Char's counterattack, and that's because, like, that's when you know Ohr tackles Char like, off a horse.
1: The fencing in 0079 is like mm-hmm, emotionally mm-hmm. significant, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's like beautifully staged. Yeah. Um. Which doesn't really matter. Again, the emotionality can win out over um, right. something like that. But it's, yeah, I I just wasn't used to, like, beautiful action, like, human-scale action scenes in my Gundam. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
3: like, I think the last time we see something like this is, like, the hand-to-hand combat when, like... Well, the first one that comes to mind is the hand-to-hand combat that comes when, like, Raoul goes on the white base. But we don't really see a lot of that. It's mostly yeah. just, you know, wow, cool robot.
0: Yeah, that's the it, thing. It's like if you have the big nuclear powered death machines and you need to do a fight, getting that. But like in these close quarters, it's like, oh yeah, they like I almost forgot that you can have like violent action in Gundam outside of a robot.
2: It's so it, it's interesting. Really hmm Um it's so interesting too because like I I, I guess I wonder how you'll you will feel like um about like what it kind of like means for Gundam because like in some ways, like the fact that the action scenes in like the older Gundams were kind of like awkward and bad when they kind of did appear. Bad's maybe not the right word, but definitely like they're awkward and kind of like shocking, right? Like they're they're like meant to be kind of horrifying. Yeah. Um and this violence is also like um meant to be terrible and like all the kind of uh human violence we see for the rest of this movie is like really awful, but um like I, I was th- I was saying to Max before um like we started recording, it's like it's shot so differently it's like an, it has like action movement qual- action movie sorry um, action movie qualities right like it's like halfway takes the pistol um, and like shoots the guy he's talking to like in the like in the leg then like spins right round to like nail the other guy um, it's got such like a it's it's less cool robot and like wow cool like gunkada, you know <laughs> um, and that's such like an interesting dynamic shift for Gundam generally. Yeah, yeah, it's a John Wick it's a John Wick moment in a gun. It really is movie.
3: Yeah, like halfway goes off. Oh, can we talk about like the inciting incident where like Gigi called some fakes? It's very yeah, yeah. Um, new typey, I think.
0: Okay, so so yeah, like like brian mentioned in the summary, some like fake Matthew terrorists come in. They come in in a gap plan, mind you, which is one of my favorite suits from Zeta. Um and they like it's like this weird like canister they pop on top of the shuttle and they like drills in or whatever. But they're all wearing Party City masks, basically. Like, amazing we... choice. Yeah, love that. Yeah, it's the beginning of uh, the Dark Knight, and in my notes, the fake Mafty I only ever refer to him as Jack Skellington because he just has a big pumpkin head.
2: Yeah, it's it's something alright. It's like Mafty has sent their like uh, I don't know their most twisted sickos to this flight.
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> for no reason at all, really. Yeah, but but yeah, this this inciting incident is in and, and this is a new type flash as far as I'm considering because we get it's like the audio is like back masked almost like you hear no stop they're fakes and then like half a second later Gigi says out loud like no they're a bunch of fakes just do it like it's because Hathaway is a new type we know he's a new type but it's so I love how dismissive both he and the movie is of just like new type theory in general. But then, when he kind of gets that, then he's like, "All right, get, here, I go killing again."
1: Uh, I I'd actually like to point a little the I don't know that the movie is dismissive of new type stuff because I think the new type stuff is integral to a later conversation. But it's as it, but Hathaway clearly doesn't see new types as central to his ideological or material aims. Right. So it's not that I think. It's backburnered, but it's just like, I don't think Hathaway sees new types as the answer, the way Char did, or right. Lala, or any number of other new type heroes or villains.
0: Yeah, and, and and I think that that definitely informs so much of Hathaway's ideology, being because, you know, you think about it, the last time someone who was like, hey, new types, let's go to space... You know, he tried to drop a nuclear rock on Earth and then the girl Hathaway-likes got killed. So I can understand why he'd be like, I don't want to mess with new types at this juncture.
1: You see a little little tiny bit of her in this movie. I'm so happy.
0: That was one of my favorite parts. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's later on. But, like... Yeah. Yeah, after after that inciting incident, things go off and then we get this beautifully animated action sequence. And it's it's just like... Yeah, again, it was very shocking how, like... Because you see blood in Gundam, right? Like, characters die, you know. But you don't see, like, like, blood, blood. You don't see someone, like, you know, shoot several rounds into a guy and the blood splatters on his Jack Skellington. You don't see headshots. Yeah, you don't see headshots. You don't see blood splattering on Jack Skellington uh, Party City mask. Like, that's new to Gundam as far as I can tell. I guess iron Blood Orphans kinda does it.
3: Yeah, they're kind of insulated from the violence with the robot. Right, yeah. you you got a
0: big metal shield in in, in between you and the blood.
1: Part of the commentary of, like, oh, violence is horrifying. Maybe having big giant suits that depersonalize violence is a bad thing because it allows mm, for
0: much to think about.
1: Yeah. Uh... And you know, maybe that's extensible to like guns and bombs and nuclear weapons and you know, anything that can distance violence from right. uh, its real moral implications. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe war is bad. No. Maybe universal disarmament is the only way to peace. But we'll get.
0: Uh, <laughs> what? What else? What else do we have to say about this first quarter of the movie?
1: Um, when they get to the airport, um, it's really interesting to see the sort of social dynamic. Well, like Kenneth and Hathaway when they get to talking, like after the uh, they deal with the fake uh, yeah. Masti terrorist which I should say I use the word terrorist but I should clarify that you know in the modern parlance ter- terrorist ha- often has a sort of like racial charge to it because of yes the last 30 years of international the international war on terror massive quotes around that yeah. phrase so I want to say when I use the word terrorist it's as value neutral as when i say soldier or any other sort of military yeah
0: yeah a, a person whom commit act of terror yeah yes with uh, my
1: summary i specifically used uh
3: hijacker instead of terrorism
0: yeah and even even then in this world like hijacker has such a connotation too like
3: cuz you oh, know yeah. i mean yeah
0: you talk to any, anyone's like oh yeah 9/11
1: this movie is specifically engaging with uh loaded topics that i think you know it's important to address head-on, but it's not... I think it's possible to discuss these terms and topics without necessarily leaning into or buying into uh, the racialized uh, prejudices and oh, violences of, sort of modern life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes. I, I Yeah. But uh, what I was going to say in, before I got off on that tangent was like the way Kenneth and Hathaway and Gigi instantly formed this little triangle of like connection between the yeah. three of them, um, it sort of made me think of. Uh, I'm going to be a real nerd and say like, uh, uh, like a catette from Dark Tower.
0: Oh uh, yeah, okay. No, I I'm, I'm go- I get what you're going for there.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, for sure. That there's this like charged connect, or like I could go with like a cat's cradle reference you know sure. the that instant bonds that uh, exists almost outside of a person's will um, and the Stand way that users. yes <laughs> the way uh, that forms between these three very different people with very different motives is really fascinating because of how efficiently it's done like Gigi doesn't seem to like Keith at first Kenneth Kenneth Slag mm-hmm. sorry in other words but uh, and Hathaway. And Gigi don't speak to each other for like the first fifteen minutes of the movie. Um, but there's somehow the three of them instantly become connected. Um, and then at the airport, those connections sort of like you see them, you see how they're going to have trouble breaking free right. of each other. It,
0: it, um, it progresses in a very interesting way. It's like it's it feels so accelerated, like the the way they sort of like individually meet and then get connected, but like. It, it forms such an interesting triangle of, like, main characters in this movie.
2: One thing I just wanted to kind of circle back to, um, sorry if this is drawing the conversation too far afield, um, but regarding um, what we were talking about, like, the, I guess, like, the racialization of um, the word terrorist and stuff, um, Tomino, Tomino, with all of his usual subtlety, is doing some of that work in this movie in a way yes, that I think yes. we oh, probably...
0: I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I was about to
2: yeah um in like ways that we should probably address which is um so the name of the uh terrorist leader i guess um in this movie is uh mafti naviyu erin um and all of the localization choices uh all of sorry all of the localizations the dubs and the subs uh refer to that first name as mafti uh as m-a-f-t-y um this is not Is maybe like an understandable and like probably a maybe even a good localization decision, but it's not a correct one. Um, it should be mufti, uh, which is an Islamic term for a kind of um, for a kind of like I guess like a teacher or a scholar. Um, likewise, uh, Gigi does mention that um, I can't remember what the navayu uh comes from, but um, Aaron is Irish, um, and so I do think he's kind of like gesturing at um, perhaps. Despite Mufti, I don't necessarily know that he's, like, gesturing at, like, religious terrorism so much as he is talking about, like... uh, It does seem to evoke, like, stuff like, um, you know, the IRA, most notably, which Tamino has definitely, like, kind of evoked before. Um, and then also stuff like the, um... I would... I'm not sure if I want to, like, make this claim fully or if I can maybe back it up um, properly, but definitely the, kind of, um... the... Putting this kind of, like, um, Islamic terminology uh, in conversation with, like, um, airline hijackings and, like, the um, uh, airline hacking specifically especially is definitely, like, reminiscent of a kind of, like, terrorism of, um, like, or, like, a pattern of, like, plane hijackings by things like, um, uh, like, Palestinian, um, like, activists during the kind of, like, from the 60s to, like, uh, the 70s and 80s um so it's no there's
1: there's definitely a line there though i think it i would hesitate to uh draw too close a connection um yeah for sure i mean i guess
2: like this is like the space he's working with more than that he's like saying that this is like specifically um meant to you know this isn't necessarily like a close analog to those groups but it's kind of the background to what he's working from, I guess, I, is what I'd say, um, and th- uh, to this I'd say that also that like I think um, Tomino you know, and I guess uh, is like, I think like, I think it's fair to say like we are supposed to be like nafty synthesizers in this movie, um, I certainly am, um, and I think uh, Tomino you know, is definitely using those words with like, like you're not meant to see the word mafti and get like a bad connotation from that, you know, like I don't think He's drawing those lines in, like, ways that are supposed to be, like, derogatory um, to those kind of, uh, like, movements and traditions, I guess, for better and worse. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, Could I chime in? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like, to go back to the IRA, like, one of uh, MAFTI, the organization's goals is, you know, assassinating uh, top Federation officials. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they only have to get lucky once um, (laughs) with uh, that (laughs) stuff. Um, so, like, yeah, Tomino is kind of aware of that space he's working in, 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 like, resistance against oppressive governments, you know?
0: It, 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 it like, feels so Tomino on, like, a sort of surface level. Like, you know, you, you mentioned that already, Cass, but, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, he just takes words from different languages that are related to, like, the political ideologies trying to embody in this character and name. But, like, it it, it does... You know, for better or for worse, fit really well with the story just because of just like you know who who Mafdi are and like what they do and what their goals are, et cetera, et cetera. Uh,
1: there, yeah, there's there's definitely issues I think with the way Tomino approaches these sort of like broad uh, broad comparisons. Mm-hmm. I think uh,
3: mm.
1: in the pro- process, I think Tomino. Uh, allows some weird stuff to go unremarked (laughs) upon or some weird implications to end up cropping up, like how his characters are so divorced from the racial and political struggles of modern time, yet using the terminology of our contemporary world, ends up creating sort of a strangely, uh, like, intellectual exercise Mm -hmm. air to it. um, Yeah. Which... Like, it's complicated. My feelings on the, how, whether or not this is successful are complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I feel like this is like a sort of viewpoint that will definitely like be able to evolve as we, you know, are able to eventually watch the second and third movie. Like going back and like, you know, how we felt now versus like how the movie hopefully more successfully portrays these things in the future. I don't know. It, it, it's like I'm, I'm excited to see the progression uh, of all this.
1: Absolutely. That's going to be really Um, interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What else? Brian, is there anything else you wanted to kind of like hone in on for this first quarter?
3: There's one last bit when the investigators drop by and they talk about um, Hathaway's uh, teacher, professor guy, I forget his name but, like, he has, like, this motto that's, like, there can be no revival without purification. Yes,
0: that, that like... Right, like, yes. The, the chief of police is, like, staring directly into the camera, like, doing Jim off his face as he says this. It's like, oh, here we go, let's go.
3: Yeah, yeah, like, Tomino is about as subtle as a brick through the window. And you yeah. know what? That's good, because otherwise, you know, we get people saying, like, Metal Gear Solid isn't political. You know, you have to be... She <laughs> is for cowards.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in subtext. Um, yeah, no, it, it very much is like, and, and, you know, that's in, uh, context of, cause Hathaway is going to, uh, Monado, Xenoblade Chronicles on Silhouette Island, the Minahasa Peninsula, cause he's, his sort of cover is that he's training to be a botanical observer. And you even see like throughout the movie, he has this little like book on, it, it's, it's like some like little like botanical manual that the professor wrote. Um, but so in the context of like, you know, growing plants and comparing that to ah the earth is dying people can't fish anymore you know there aren't as many trees as there used to be is is so on the nose it's like about as on the nose as Gundam really gets but in the context of what Mafty is trying to do it's still you know it's it's still very much like yeah okay this, this definitely checks out for what how the story is telling all this like how it's feeding this ideology to the audience
3: yeah, so I guess that's it. I guess there's like a throwaway line about like how these may, how the hijackers might be like a splinter cell for, like the people calling yeah. themselves Mafties forces and where is it? Odin? Owen Belly. Owen Belly in Australia.
0: So, Owen Belly, I I swear I I think one of us um mentioned this in the discord a while back didn't you say it was
2: um i could speak to owen belly for a little bit um that's okay um so um owen belly is uh in some ways a very fitting choice for uh, very like in tradition with kind of Tamino locations um and in other ways is very uh like a another strange coast, but like i'd love to know why he chose this one um so uh owen belly is first of all not necessarily the word the like place name we'd use today um owen belly refers to a small town um, in the uh, northern territories of Australia, um it is Owenbelly is specifically like a settler name for it. Um, the uh, area was settled by a um, uh, first by like a cattle ranch, um and then later was like a town that was run by like a Christian missionary, um as like a lot of rural Australian towns were. Um, it was then transferred in the, uh, like, some degree of, like, um, autonomy to the indigenous peoples there was granted to them uh, during the 1970s when the town was um, renamed to Gunbalania. Um, And uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, So um, the... There are a couple of things that are interesting about it. I guess the first is that, like um, you know, like a lot of other Tamino locations, like Davao even where most of this movie takes place, um, it's a like location that's like experienced like a lot of colonialism, a lot of like violent um, colonialism, um, and uh, certainly there's like resonances there. Um, but uh, it is a very funny in a lot of ways um, as a choice for a location because. Uh, we learn later in this movie that um, Owen Belly um, is home to Mafti's army, um, and that Mafti's army specifically um, amounts to something along the lines of, like, I think they say 30,000 people are They say
0: 30,000, which is a wildly high number.
2: Uh, yeah, because uh, in 2016, uh, the, there was a census of um, Gun uh, and about 1,000 people live there now, so mm-hmm. something happened during the Universal <laughs> Century.
0: Um, yeah, it's, but, it's it's MaftiCon, MaftiCon 105. It
2: is Meftipcon. They have the dash pit and everything. Um, yeah. it's, it's incredible.
0: Oh no, the mobile suit leaked oil in the ball pit.
2: Yeah, I'm no. so curious what
0: Owen Belly's going to look like. I'm
2: assuming we're going there in the second movie. That seems to be what it's leading yes, to. They, um, they,
0: they are, um, and there's even like a little cutaway at the very end of the credits. Um, right,
2: right, yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to see what that looks like.
0: Yeah. And and yet, like they mentioned that that this sort of splinter group um not I don't want to say splinter group because like they're not mafti. Like they absolutely are people like using the mafti name from what I can tell cuz like actual mafti doesn't seem to be that many people, right? They just have like their own little base. I don't know if they have like bases around the world or what. Like I don't I don't have a full context on what mafti is. Like I feel like mm. if I read the novel I'd get more of that. Um I don't maybe maybe one of y'all can speak to that as well, but like 30,000 people in this, like, sort of, like, f- almost fanatical, you know, th- this, like, fanatical following of this, like, illustrious figure is just is wild to me. And, you know, they have their own collection of mobile suits, and they're, like, ready to riot against the Earth Federation government. But, like, it, like, it, I, I don't know. It, it goes to show how powerful, like, this kind of ideology is in the Gundam world and how quickly it can completely, like, consume people and spread around. Yeah, for uh, sure. Oh, you go. I've spoken about
2: no,
1: there, there's, uh, I, it, I totally get it. There's something going on here about sort of both the aesthetic attraction to and the horror in response to violence that I think we're going to see play out in the second portion a bit later and, uh, a bit, yeah, more. Mm-hmm. There, there, There's, yeah, there's, I think the idea of, like, thir- a group of 30,000 people who have already been attacked by Kimberley, we know.
0: Yeah, they got um, 10 Gustav Carl's fucking them up up there, yeah.
1: Yeah, and presumably these people don't have mobile suits. So, uh, they're all probably all dead, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, their I'm only mobile out. suit was used as the Gap Plant they used to, to try and hijack the plane earlier.
1: If that was, in fact, uh, people from Owen Valley. Yeah, um, true! If,
0: they, if,
1: if it wasn't, they might have no mobile suits whatsoever. So, Mm -hmm. a group of ten uh, mobile suits from Kimberley are descending upon them. (laughs) Presume that doesn't sound like it's going to go well. Yeah. But, Uh. uh, yeah, there's definitely something here about sort of, like, the aesthetics and attraction to violence. And sort of the, like, idea of, like, a savior who can enact change through violent uh, action uh mm-hmm. sort of a, almost as like an easy way to approach the right. issue of like systemic change because yeah i'm gonna get to more of this once we get to part two but yeah. uh for um, now yeah uh and, if we've got anything else to say about part
0: one we uh i think we've covered all the things that i wanted to mention uh Cass, is there anything else that you want to bring up
2: um, just one thing, which I think probably will come up more um, during Azna's part, so we can kind of leave it till there. But um, uh, as um, Mafdi, uh, sorry, as Halfway, I guess, is uh, leaving the um, leaving the airport after being interviewed uh, by the uh, bureau and the Manhunters. Uh, they give him a uh, credit card, which is also his to- hotel room, oh, the- uh, yeah, which yeah, has yeah. Uh, infinite money cheats unlocked. Um, yeah. and, uh, it is quite literally a card where, um, I guess, if you haven't watched the movie, where like uh, that will pay for anything. They tell him um, as long as he for as long as he remains uh, within the devour jurisdiction, it like it is like a card that I think is where it is like implied to be like similar to the cards that like Federation officials use um and it pays for anything um for as uh, anything for like as long as he stays there which is um quite an incredible thing and i think it's kind of core to some of the like uh later themes in the movie
0: yes absolutely it's also uh, anonymous yeah that, that yes, that's the interesting yeah. thing it it is a government car that is anonymous which is like raising so many red flags but like
3: So much corruption is possible. Yeah,
0: I mean, the, yeah, basically, you know, Mahesha in the second part that we're about to talk about, again, it's one of those talking to the camera moments. Uh, So, ours, if you'd like to uh, give us part two.
1: All right. So, they leave the airport after being accosted by civilians. Gigi and Hathaway are off in a car together to go to a hotel, the most opulent hotel you could possibly imagine. Uh, And naturally, uh, they are given each enormous rooms, far more than any single person could possibly need. And Gigi, like a fucking queen, immediately bullies Hathaway into staying in the same room as her, which is incredible. Love her. She's perfect in every single way. Um, and uh, Hathaway is really just discombobulated by her, obviously. Uh, who wouldn't be? Um, but uh, they end up sort of just sort of shooting the shit talking about uh, Mafti and post-humanism and new types and Hathaway is every single thing she says. She's like she knows he's Mafti. She she said as much in the airport uh, that he is the leader of this revolutionary group, terrorist organization, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he truly does not know what to make of it. Which is, it it's really great because it's the key to everything that happens later in this movie um like Hathaway is trying to think of like what's his next step but he's he's so taken with Gigi uh his like she's truly thrown a wrench into his entire mental process but uh after some misunderstandings and him almost seeing her naked uh which he reacts to in a very charming way great job Hathaway um he goes out to meet up with his terrorist buddies uh and talk about uh the plan which is to uh kill a bunch of federation officials with a targeted mobile suit strike um and also they decide uh to stage a diversionary attack on the hotel he's staying in uh presumably to sort of like cover his identity they also investigate the card that was mentioned and like confirmed, yes, this can pay for anything. Uh, you can do whatever you want as long as you're in Davao. Uh, and then some immigration cops show up, and everyone says a cab and runs away uh, to a Jollibee's, which uh, interesting product placement. <laughs> um, was not expecting that. Um, name name a franchise less likely to show up in a Gundam movie. But uh, it should
0: have been Mac Daniel.
1: Should, should have been, but uh, anyway, so apparently Bees is still around, uh, come UC times, and hasn't changed their logo at all. Fascinating stuff. Um, so uh, there's some talk about like, deportation from Earth and uh, sort of like, residency permits and like, illegal immigrants, undocumented people living on Earth, which ties into some stuff that shows up in Victory later. Which is uh, really fun for me because uh, I watched *Victory* fairly recently and I loved it. It it's of the main U.C. shows. I think that was my favorite. (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, so Hathaway talks to some like regular people who are who introduce him to the idea that of economic uh, justice being something that's like difficult to reach for when you are under pressures of a capitalistic system under a semi-fascist government um and he's never even considered this idea before or if he has he he has not come to an answer that he finds satisfactory so anyway hathaway ends up eating dinner alone in the dark kenneth and gg show up uh and kenneth is like so camp i love him um, he's awful, and I despise him, uh, fat, he's a fash bastard, but, uh, he's got the campus line delivery, I-, I, should say I watched the dub, exclusively the dub, uh, and he's, he's incredible in it, uh, very nice, very good stuff, um, uh, anyway, they go off, and Hathaway new type spies on their date, uh, while thinking about... Inequities and the problems with trying to enact political change in a way that won't end up hurting any individual population, and how impossible that seems. Uh, and he goes to sleep crying about this and quests. Um, wakes up in time to wake up Gigi and flee the attack that he planned on the hotel. And there's this nice little elevator scene, which is like a weird psychosexual uh, duel happening. Um, really fun stuff. Then, m- while all this is happening, Mafti has launched three mobile suits. The Golf, the Fencer, and the, the Ga- Gauss is on Gauss is on, yes. Um, uh, the-, the important one is the gal I think, piloted mm-hmm. by Gauman, who, uh, fucking rules. Um, and they, uh, kill a bunch of people, uh, Gauman says the great line of uh, like apologizing to the it bystanders who will get caught in the up in the fight, which is like a look at the camera acknowledgement of the inherent immorality of using w- weapons of war like this. Um, anyway, uh, Pathway and Gigi end up running around, and we get to see a gunfight really from the point of view of the street. Uh, see how like how much human life is destroyed, how terrifying these machines are, um, which is something I don't think has really been highlighted since, like, the first episode of 0079, um, at least in the UC timeline. You know?
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, Hathaway is, and is, like, so intertwined with uh, Gigi as well, emotionally and new type way, uh, that he doesn't use this opportunity that he planned this attack for to escape with his... Uh, Comrade Emeralda, um, and instead he's just sort of with Gigi until the end of the fight, leading to the most beautiful shot in the whole movie when uh, Galman gets uh, stabbed by another mobile suit and uh, is captured by the fed- by the Federation, and that's where my part ends. Yeah, um, I maybe to- went into a bit more detail than I had to, but yeah.
0: no, I mean, I mean. I'm not going to put a disclaimer at the beginning, but like, if you haven't, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't uh, seen the movie yet, I mean, good for you. I'm proud of you, but also you should see the movie before you listen to this.
2: You should Um, see the movie.
0: (laughs) It's a good movie. This, so not to be, not to, you know, I'm tapping the sign. The show is called Valkorobot, but oh my God, (laughs) this is such a cool fight scene.
1: It's really fun, and it's also like very much. War is bad because like and also it's, it's very much the federation. The Federation are evil. Because yes, they're yes. shooting missiles into their own city.
0: Mm-hmm. Like it, it it we see so we see the three Messers that are uh yeah. that uh Matthew's using. Messer's a new suit, it's big, it's cool, it's this really sick like like tan maroon color scheme it has. It has a mono eye, it's just covered in spikes, it's gigantic. It rules the Federation has Gustav Carl's, you know, big chunkus um and also there's a time machine (laughs) so this is when uh we first see the penelope which is uh Uh, yes this is eff's new um new gumbo new new gundam uh technically it's the odysseus is the gundam inside and the penelope is the flight unit but this is the robot chicken and it sounds like a time machine when it flies around it is some of the coolest like bits of sound design i've seen in a long time
2: it
1: is really rad uh the Penelope is it. It only really appears at the end of this section, but it's some extremely uh, big, giant, weird robot thing. And I have I can appreciate a big, giant, weird robot. Yeah,
0: robot. My, my my favorite types of mobile suits are like the gigantic, ugly, overdesigned ones. The this is definitely
1: design. gigantic, ugly, and overdesigned. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean,
0: my favorite mobile suit of all time is a Nightingale. So I just like you know ugly big fuckers. <laughs> yeah, I. Mean,
1: <sighs> it sort of speaks to like. To over-intellectualize this, the aestheticization of war machines, uh, if you don't want to end up like aestheticizing them in a positive way, maybe the answer is, in fact, to make them ugly yeah, um, okay. and unpleasant. Uh, though, of course, then we run into the problem of like, I, I don't know, uh maintaining people's attention and also the capitalist pressures put on the material right. to have sort of like yeah. poietic yeah, me, I mean,
0: Anaheim is infinite money by this point, so they're just, like, they're just making crazy shit and selling it to whoever wants well, it.
1: We don't live with Anaheim. <laughs> we live with, uh... We live with what? Northrop
0: Grumman and Boeing. And uh, Bandai. And Bandai. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the pillows uh, of the military industrial complex. Exactly. Really. Yeah. um,
2: what, uh, like,
3: um huh. what I like about the introduction to the Penelope is that we don't really get a good look at it first, like, it's flying overhead, or it's yeah. off in the distance with its, like, Non humanoid shape, so it's kind of hard to make out what it is, and so there's that kind of feeling of terror that's heightened even more yeah. as like Hathaway and the and Gigi and you know the civilians are just running around, uh, and like and then once it finally shows up and like does its thing, it's very yeah,
0: nice. yeah, it does glow as it flies because it's not like thruster powered, it's powered by it has a Monofsky flight unit. And that's how it makes those funny beeps and boops as it flies and like the little Doritos on the inside of it glow. It's very cool. Um, Kind of running back earlier in this section, the main thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, which I'm sure we all like completely uh, picked up on, is after Hathaway and Mihesha and, um, oh, I forgot the third guy's name, um, Junpei from Persona 3, um, when, when they all see the Manhunter show up um and you know the manhunters basically they're basically like ice in this part of the world um you know other yeah. people's mm-hmm. immigration documents we we see they have a jiggan um and they get around these sort of like antarctic treaty international guidelines of you can't fire on people from a mobile suit by having a like waist mounted like machine gun nest so it's not the it's not the mobile suit firing on people it's a person using a machine gun mounted on a mobile suit firing on people so it's allowed um, so evil, like just yeah, so just a really fascist. chilling. oh like, my god yeah, um, absolutely and, heinous. Yeah, and like as Hathaway leaves this scene, the conversation he has with the cab driver is like my, the main thing that I wanted to talk about here, because it's just like it, it's just ideologies butting heads and Hathaway realizing, oh, ordinary people might not really care what I'm doing, huh, much to think about.
1: Which, like, is interesting because Hathaway, when he says like, as long as there are inequities there can never be change is, he's not wrong. Like, he's wrong, but he's not wrong, exactly. In that, like, if you're trying to force massive change, you can't be thinking about, like, well, this is going to hurt X community. But at the same time, X community is justly, like, mad about sort of approaches that don't take their views and social pressures and life pressures into account. Um, so it it ends up producing less of a real, significant ideological conversation than to further point us to like Hathaway's fundamental inability to reconcile his various ideological aims. Mm-hmm. You know He wants to do so many different things, but he can't.: Yeah, um, and he, he can't do them at all as mathy especially because MAFTI is a military approach. Yeah, like and military approaches inherently uh, have significant flaws in more like day-to-day personal approaches mm-hmm. to um, systemic problem solving.
0: Yeah, like the main kind of thing is when, you know, the cow driver's talking about, you know, you know, MAFTI wants all people to come into space or whatever. Like, you know, that's never going to happen. And Hathaway says, yeah, Matthew's talking about, like, you know, a thousand years in the future. It's going to be unlivable. And the cab is basically is like, you know, I, I don't have time to think about that. Like, I you know, living paycheck to paycheck, I don't even have time to think about the day after tomorrow. And that's the kind of, like, what sticks into Hathaway's mind. Because just, like, it, it, I mean, I'm sure he had thought to think about it. But, like, you know, ha- him having to, like, talk to a regular human who's, like, affected by his actions and thinking, like, you know, you kind of realize you can't. You can't enact this change, like, in a way that's going to make everyone happy. And, like, yeah, you're doing it for the regular people. But, like, the way he's doing it, regular people are going to get hurt in a major way from, like, all of his actions.
3: Yeah, what this feels like is that um this is, like, the first major, like, civilian casualty MAFD, um operation. Mm-hmm. Because... um just the way, like, they attack the city to get at the hotel to get the officials, but also that Hathaway is on the ground getting, like, first- or er, on-the-ground impressions of being a civilian under all this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, like, I, I think one of my favorite things this movie does, like, both when you see the Manhunters and then, you know, later on when the Messers and the Gustav Carls are fighting, it's, like, it, it, it feels like Gundam from a human's perspective on the ground more so than I think any other Gundam show is. Because you really, like, it, it, it's, like, half the time the Gundams almost feel inconsequential and half the time it's just, like, you know, the other half is, like, oh, my God, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Like, we are going to die. It, it it's just like the, the the perspective the film has on so many different things you know outside of Gundam's just like ideology in general it's just it, it really does feel like they tried to make a lot more of an effort to kind of like it's like yeah people watching the show people watching you know Double Seven Nine or Zeta they're not like military personnel on a military vessel they're regular people so it's like watching this watching Hathaway as a regular person I feel like it's almost, like, more aimed at that kind of viewpoint, which I appreciate. Like, that might be part of the reason why I like this so much. But, uh...
1: It's, it's definitely... I, I can't help but link this up with other UC material that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's pretty clear at this point that the idea of, like, a regular person's perspective on mobile suit combat is something that became steadily more interesting to... and the various other creatives as time went on Mm. which you can see in like 0080 war in the pocket uh or you or uh 008 ms team Mm. or f91 at the beginning of f91 or especially the first couple episodes of victory um the idea of like just how truly terrifying mobile suits are um from a, like, individual human's perspective, a worm's eye view. Yeah. Um, really, like, I think it ends up, it's another angle on the overall message of the idea that weapons of war are uh, inherently terrifying and destructive. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, and that goes back to, like, Amaro slaughtering 20 people with ease, and, like, him having trouble shooting at people outside of suits but not when they're inside their mobile yeah suit.
0: it's like the de- the dehumanization when you have a buffer of a bunch of yes. metal in between you and the other person it, it suddenly becomes so much easier you don't think about it
1: yeah they yeah. and this all is gonna culminate in uh i'm currently watching uh turn a which uh has a lot of stuff to say about this uh but uh i can't talk about that right now
0: yeah, uh, um, <laughs> t- tune in uh, to this podcast in the future for that. I, um, yeah, but, yeah,
1: but yeah, yeah. Th- this there's so much interesting stuff happening on an interpersonal and on a political level in this mm-hmm. particular part of the movie. Uh, like like Hathaway plotting the attack, and then when he goes to wake up Gigi about the attack, acting as if he knows nothing about it. Yeah. Um, and Gigi being like, "You do terrifying things." It's all so interesting and so complex, and it like it—it's such a smooth continuation from the relationships that were set up in that first twenty-five minutes between these three central characters of Kenneth Hathaway and Gigi. Mm-hmm. That like I'm just in love with how the movie approaches these three characters and their psychological. uh, intertwining with one another in such a short span of time um and how both like hathaway and kenneth are in like this very strange pseudo sexual standoff uh presumably about Gigi. and it's yeah there's so much going on about like
2: it's um pseudo sexual in the in the like kind of i think the you know the in the sense that like i think I'm not entirely sure how interested Hathaway is throughout this movie. I think that's kind of in question, but it's definitely interested in like, um, you know, there's like a a very obvious love triangle here, but I do also want to shout out the kind of, there are definitely some scenes in this movie, including in this part. Um, I think where like, uh, Kenneth and Hathaway are being sad, um, and talking about their fathers, um, and how like, um, you know, Bright was a source of pressure for Hathaway and, um, Kenneth, uh, thinks that because he was born to like kind of a low standing father, um, it's kind of made his life a lot harder too. Um and that part isn't necessarily relevant, but like they are uh, brooding in like their ro- in like the hotel room as the sun sets. Uh, there's a lot of like homoerotic tension in between these two, I feel there um, absolutely is.
1: Kenneth uh, also carries riding crop and he has a camp line delivery.
2: There's a lot going on there. He does. Um shout outs also to like the I think Generally, I'm not sure how the rest of you feel about this. I do think the sub, uh, the sorry, the dub is a little bit better. Yes, um, I, I, I'm with uh,
0: you
2: 100%. But uh, Kenneth in the uh, sub is voiced by the one and only uh, Junichi Sawabe of uh, many, he's like the very typical, like, kind of like, um, like, uh, uh, trying to think of a word that isn't hot here, but just the, like, hot anime man uh, voice, which is a very different line read from the kind of camp you get from, um, the English voice actor, but it does sell this scene, um, in- problematic
1: like, anime boyfriend? That
0: yes, like
2: a... that's definitely the vibe, um, and, like, Kenneth is awful. Kenneth might be the most, like, loathsome man in he Gundam. He is such a
0: scumbag. It's like, it, he's the kind of guy you love to hate.
1: Absolutely. It's him and Paptimus, like, really giving <laughs> it
0: out. They're oh, God! worst Worst man. Never the two shall meet. Mm. I really want them to meet. I really want them, Yeah, dream blunt rotation over here. Uh <sighs> yeah. Speaking of the voice actors in the movie, just, a, just a, um, little byline. So of course, uh, Hathaway is, um, Oh God, I forget his name. Um, he's like the most popular voice actor now. Uh, you know, Giovanna, um,
2: it's uh, Kencho Ono,
0: I think. Kencho Ono, thank you. Um, but mainly for me, uh, for my predilections, uh, Gaoman is voiced by none other than Kenjiro Suda, who you may know as Seto Kaiba, which is just drives me fucking insane.
2: Right, yes.
0: No, it's incredible. Like, I clocked that fool as soon as he said Mafti's name in, like, the second trailer. I was like, that's Kaiba! Uh, also, in uh, he's Nanami in um Jujutsu Kaisen, but, like, oh. the, cast, the cast of this movie is really great. It's stacked, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my little. The, hmm?
1: the the English cast also it does an incredible job as well. Uh, the, uh, yeah. I think it's less known voices.
0: Uh, There's still a lot uh, of talent around though. Yeah. Like I'm I'm with Cass. I I generally prefer subs for everything, but the dub is just like they did a really good job at the dub, like the English dub. I mean, I didn't watch any of the other yeah. dubs, but yeah, no, Ooh. a very very well done on that part
1: yeah i there aren't like i don't really like know the names of the english voice actors uh but they are they all do a great job um i generally like depending on like i used to be subs only and now that i'm old and broken uh, uh, dubs are easier for my brain um but uh so yeah, yeah that was my preference yeah
0: um, what else? What else on this section do we have to talk about?
2: Um, I'd like, I have a couple of things I'd like to talk about, um, the first is a very quick shout-out, uh, Mihasha Rules. Love. Oh my that god, app. I love Mihesha. Um, yeah, she doesn't get much to do in this movie, um, but every time she shows up, uh, she's a delight. Um, um, the second thing I wanted to talk about here is, um, kind of looping back around to that cab scene. Um, the thing that's really interesting to me is that we learn kind of two things about the federation here, um, in the the way they like uh, kind of con- control the population and kind of in or like perhaps to control the population is the wrong way because like uh, I think this movie was pitched to me and pitched to a lot of other people as like a movie about like uh, ecology like Mafti is like eco terrorists um, and that is true um, but. The thing that kind of strikes me here is like, there's a weird kind of like, mixture between that and the kind of like, border politics that we kind of see um, through this cab scene. Um, Because the Federation is kind of doing two things to kind of encourage, uh, specifically the poor people, um, to leave the earth. Um, The first is that they kind of act as landlords, there are like, residence permits you have to, um, you have to afford or you get deported. Um, and the second thing is, um, and, you know, those are, like, backed up by, like, a military state, um, by, like, militarized border police. Um, but there's also, uh, during this cab scene, um, I'm not sure if any of you noticed, but, like, there's, like, on the, kind of, like, view screens at the, like, on the backs of the seats, um, there's advertisements from the Federation which are basically, like, please go emigrate to space, um, because it's good for the environment. Um, yeah. it's basically, like, please leave, get out. Um, which... I don't know if this is too much of, like, a galaxy brain take, but um, the thing it reminded me of is kind of, like, taking the kind of, like, very corporate, um, like, you know, like, uh, eat less meat to save the environment or, like, stop using plastic straws and something um, and taking it to its, like, absolute extreme where it's, like, well, we, the Earth Federation, the state, we're not going to take any responsibility for the Earth. Um, And, you know, that's kind of been demonstrated throughout kind of the past condom series. Um, But what we will do is, like, well you should make good choices, you should leave the Earth. Um, And maybe the implicit thing there is that, like, if they leave the Earth, um, then the environment will be good. But, of course, we also know that it'll only be good for the people who stay, which are, like, uh, we assume are kind of like the Federation elite. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
2: So I thought that's kind of like a weird mix of, like, positive and, like, uh, kind of negative, um, you know, like, reinforcement on display there. Um, I thought it was, like, fascinating.
0: Yeah, it, it it strikes me a little bit like in a, in a similar vein of corporations wanting like the sort of brunt of the efforts of like living more sustainably on the people, and you know, obviously not to say that people shouldn't live sustainably, but mm-hmm. it's like it's like you know, corporations who make seventy percent of pollution being like, you need to recycle more. It's your fault. It it it, it kind of smacks a bit of that to me.
2: Yeah. What if they were also the government? Is exactly like, yeah. Like, is... Yeah,
0: it's not
2: exactly. It's not
1: exactly wrong that individuals have to act, but it is. It does specifically and intentionally ignore the ways in which a society can make trying to live sustainably effectively impossible or even illegal, while still pressuring people to do those things.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the yeah, people it's, who are most easily able to make this change, making someone else do it.
3: Yeah, it's very much please move to space to help the earth. Don't look at how we power our military more war machine. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: Right, exactly. Um
3: I think there's something I wanted to mention about like how much Hathaway goes to maintain his cover just with like his suitcase. Yeah. Like he opens it just to crack and there's like a hair or something there, just to make or string to make sure nobody else has opened it.
0: Yes. I like that. That that's a cool detail. They they do a lot of the movie does a lot of good jobs. Kind of, um, there's like almost a sense of dread of like when people are going to figure out who Hathaway is, because we see it um, in the first part when like this one scene after Gigi's done being questioned by the police, like one of the guys walks over and like whispers to the guy talking to Hathaway. And the guy looks at Hathaway, and then the other guy, like, sits next to Hathaway, and you're like, what is going on? But then he that's when he hands him, like, the Magic Hotel key card that has all the money on it. Um, So, like, seeing Hathaway, like, you know, continue to remain undercover, like, almost making himself a target to get, make his cover the most believable is, like... You can tell he's, like, you know, very much, like... uh I don't even know what the word I'm trying to go for is here, but this it's a like... a scary person.
3: Yeah, like, he, there's, yeah. there's this kind of dubious intention of Hathaway not leaving Gigi behind to go with, um, what's her name?
0: Uh, Emeralda. Emeralda.
3: Emeralda. Because, like, does he care about Gigi? Does she, does he want her to be not dissatisfied with him so she doesn't report him to Kenneth? Like, it's very, um, opaque in his, uh, what is it called? Methods, I Intentions? guess.
1: Intentions? yes. Yeah
0: uh anything else in part two
1: i very quickly want to talk about something uh gg talks about new types she talks about how hathaway should form a dictatorship incapable of making mistakes and that he should try and become a god and there's something really fascinating going on there about how like it's almost like she's making a commentary on how you should be sharp but right the but like do it the right yeah, way. Yeah,
0: sh- Shar should have simply decided to be correct all the time.
1: Yeah. Um or Haman or like uh Zeon Daikun or like any of these other various figures who used like vaguely authority and this is an idea that sees particular fruition in uh Victory Gundam which I wish you had covered so i could talk about it but uh there's a lot there about like the intersection of new types and spirituality and authoritarianism that i find very strange and interesting because it's not like a fully formed thought but it there's there's something there that's really uh interesting to think about like digging up but it's not something that's going to be that's covered in any depth in this particular movie.
0: So, I mean, um, hell, by the time Hathaway 2 is out, I'll probably have seen Victory and then we'll have done Turn A and F, you know, so on and so forth. <laughs> Fingers crossed, those, but...
1: Those two are going to add so much goddamn context and <laughs> complications <laughs> to this. It's... Can't wait. Uh,
3: What's also interesting is like the official government stance is like, new types don't exist. Amuro Ray. He was just good at Gundam. Nothing else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had magnets on it. Whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Camille. Who's Camille? <laughs> no, you mean the the, bo- the boy with the starry eyes? Yeah, he's normal. Don't worry about him. Judo? Yeah. I don't know. He's some guy who lives in Jupiter. Don't worry about it. Stop asking questions. The
1: fact that Judo's in Jupiter is so
0: interesting. He went yeah. there to get more stupider.
1: Yeah. I mean, believe types. I... Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's there's some stuff
0: going on on <laughs> Jupiter. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that that's like the victory manga, isn't it? Uh, crossbone crossbones. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yar,
1: Jupiter Republic becomes the Jupiter Empire.
0: Oh, can't wait! Love that shit.
1: I I hope Crossbones gets animated someday. That would be really. I wish that would I'm be fucking, wild.
0: I just look. I'm looking at my Crossbone real grade.
1: I consumed way too much Gundam way too quickly.
0: It it does unspeakable things to the brain chemistry, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it really does.
0: But, uh, um, I think
2: I think we've finished with part two. So.
0: Yeah. All right. I, uh, have, I have
2: one more quick note. I've got one yes, more quick note, um, which is uh, I love the character beat of um, so after um, Mafti kind of like sorry I keep making this cool. It's like I'm calling him Quattro or something. Yeah, um,
0: he, he he's not Mafti until the end when he is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um. So he um. So after the kind of like manhunters, the border cops show up. Um. But before he gets in the taxi, um. He goes and uses um, his, uh, like, bottomless money pit to uh, support, like, small businesses. He's going around, yes. like, buying, like, uh, clocks and, like, little souvenirs and stuff to give, I think, to Gigi, um, but possibly just to buy them, um, which <clears> I think <throat> is, like, a really nice little character detail for him. Um, it's, yeah, it, very...
0: it, it, it's really funny seeing that recurring thing of, like, the the bunch of clocks he bought and then, like, the burned-up pile of clocks that he still, like, carries with him for some reason after the hotel gets bombed
2: yeah like they're a reminder or something yeah
0: yeah, yeah
2: yeah. there's also just like the
1: beauty of like the devastation of, mm-hmm. in that last moment like Gigi's purse getting burned up and like yeah. the fi- almost fireworks as display of the oh yeah yeah this shot should be taught in every film
0: studies course et cetera, et cetera. yeah
1: yes <laughs> there's so, there, there's so much going on with like the aesthetics and the like little details of like everyday objects getting destroyed mm-hmm. um but i it really personalizes the
2: larger than life violence yeah um, one of my favorite shots in this movie um happens during that sequence where like um so halfway and Gigi are like under a building um and they're kind of like uh holding each other and you see the kind of building start to crumble um, and it switches to like an outside shot um, yeah. where you see like a Federation suit. Um, what's it called again? Is it
0: Gustav uh, Karl?
2: The Gustav Karl um, is stands on top of building, um, like looking down at um, Gorsum's uh, mobile suit. And for a moment, it looks like heroic. Like it looks like it's doing like an action pose. And then the building just crumbles um, because they were doing some dumb cop sh- bullshit, and mm-hmm. they were like. Trying to look, I'm not sure if they were trying to look cool, but that's definitely how it feels when you watch the movie. Um, and presumably, like a bunch of people died in that, uh, like, yes, sealed explosion. Um, and that's... it's just like an incredibly, like, little encapsulation of how the Federation comes across here. Mm-hmm. There's
1: also, I just wanted to mention, the Gustav Karl is named after a real piece of military hardware.
0: Oh, tremendous. Um,
1: yeah. It's an anti tank rocket launcher system, Carl Gustav. Um, we just huh. took the words,
0: made it backwards. Hell yeah!
1: <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, so the uh, the Gustav Carols are very specifically supposed to be like real world military um, analogs. Um, interesting. That is interesting.
3: Mm. I can't wait until Hathaway Two drops and we get to see the forty seven AK.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, he, we we got a, we made a new weapon for the G Gundam. It's called the uh, uh, GRP. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Cass, would you like to hit us with that third summary now?
2: Sure thing. Um, so, part three of this movie. Um, after the battle, Kanav arrives on horseback to take custody of Gorman, who is still alive. Um, he introduces Halfway to the Federation's new Gundam and chastises its pilot, Lieutenant Lane Aim, for failing to prevent Federation casualties. The next morning, Kenneth meets Gigi and Hathaway in the cafeteria of the local military base. Kenneth announces that he's renaming the Kimberley unit to the Cersei unit. He tells Gigi that she could be a goddess of luck for him, um, and asks, him, uh, asks her sorry, to sleep with him, uh, much to Gigi and Hathaway's disgust. We learn that Mafti in the raid, um, combined with like, their earlier attacks, has now killed 18 cabinet ministers, uh, causing Hathaway to wonder aloud if Mafti's tactics will lead him to become a martyr. Um, After being interviewed by the Manhunters and signing Kenneth's prepared statement, Hathaway is free to go. He witnesses a pirate broadcast from someone claiming to represent Mafti, who announces that the Earth Federation has forgotten the meaning of leaving the Earth. Back at the base, Kenneth interrogates Gigi about her relationship to uh, Count uh, Boundenwooden, who is the Federation official who secured her place on the Houndsen. Gigi tells him that she's the Count's companion, um, and that the empty apartment she gave to the military as her address, um, is a gift that she's on her way to inspect. Kenneth asks her again to stay near him because people on the battlefield are superstitious, which Gigi says she finds strange because, after all, Hathaway never thought of her that way. Uh, at that moment Kenneth begins to realize that he's been fooled. Um, Hathaway rendezvous with Emeralda, and they travel to Mafti's base, which is located inside the wreckage of a crashed colony. Hathaway promises to launch a rescue mission to um, retrieve Gorman, and seems uh, annoyed by or annoyed or ambivalent by requests for help from the um, from Mafty's army in Owen Valley. The team is interrupted when one of Kenneth's submarines uh, locates their position and they scramble to launch their next mission, which is retrieving the G Gundam from uh middle of it. Uh, Kenneth, meanwhile, is interrogating Gorman, but the only thing Gorman will say is that Hathaway might just be the ghost of Shara Aznibar. Kenneth uh, proceeds to do some war crimes, and when Gorman wakes up, he is in the cockpit of the Penelope to be used as a human shield uh, in case Lane Aim uh, isn't able to kill Mafti. Uh, the stage is set for the final act,
0: yeah, things are getting interesting. This this is like a very a very dense part. I feel
2: yeah, so for sure. much happens.
1: But I mm-hmm. think the most important thing that happens is that Gigi gets a fresh new outfit.
0: Gigi with the oh, P yes. Bandai fit, and this is literally a thing you could buy for P Bandai now.
1: Oh, is and it really? That's incredible. Her outfit look, look. is impeccable. <laughs> like it, I'm like. If I wasn't in love with Gigi already, I would be in love after that. Because it's like she's perfect. She's the perfect person ever. Mm. I adore her.
0: She rules. I
1: her outfit is incredible. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, for those who haven't watched it, I guess so she's wearing like a hoodie and like a like a earth military like vest that she basically like scavenged from like the uh, like military store or whatever. Yeah, like uh, a surplus it's... store. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And like
1: at leisure, pants. I Ugh,
0: mm-hmm. gosh,
1: she's she's so bad good. with it. And she's so around. well animated. Like her little movements.
0: Like they love really animating well. her hair wisps,
1: her hair movement of her clothes. Everything about her feels so real and so uh, like so, like they paid so much attention to mm-hmm. it. I. I I was, I'm was. i obsessed with her clothes. Uh, well, she's incredible. Yeah. I love one of
0: her. My, one of my favorite things uh, from the sub, just a tiny aside, is that they don't pronounce her name like Gigi in the sub. They say Gigi because if they were to pronounce it Gigi, they'd be like just calling her old man all the time, which I think is a little yeah. a, a funny translation touch because, mm-hmm. um, you know, OG-san is like grandpa, basically. Um but the the first big thing here is the sort of like, ah, what does Greek uh, mythological names mean? Because, you know, they're they're eaten in the um the mess hall and Kenneth comes up so proud. He's like, oh, you guys, I've just I've just figured out the perfect name for my new unit because uh, he took it over from Kimberly. And, you know, he's like, I can't name it the Kenneth unit. That'd be too that'd be too, you know, like full of myself. And Gigi's like, oh, is it the South Pacific unit? And he's like, it's the Circe unit. Because Circe, and, and Gigi's the one who kind of like remembers who Circe is mythologically, um, she's like this goddess who's able to charm um tra- like tame wild beasts essentially. Um,
1: it's a and, uh, an interesting read of the mythological <laughs> yeah, b-
0: well, yeah, because and I was about to say, actually more closely to how you know Greek mythology went. So, the Gundam... Okay, we have the Penelope. The Penelope is the flight unit of the RX-104 Odysseus. Um, Odysseus's wife is Penelope in the Odyssey, but Circe is a goddess who, like, seduces and, like, sleeps with Odysseus. So, it's kind of like, you know, mirroring uh, Kenneth and Gigi with, like, how Circe sort of, like, seduced Odysseus. I mean, it doesn't really work because Kenneth's not the pilot of the Odysseus, but it's thematically... It's thematically there. You just have to kind of rearrange the pieces a tiny little bit for it to make a lot more sense.
2: That is interesting, especially because, like, um, uh, we'll get there, I guess. I don't want to, like, jump ahead too much. This movie's so dense, it's, like, really easy to do. Um, Only but... an hour and a half. They fit so much in here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the uh, It's, I want to say, funny, like, Kenneth is being, like, the slimiest, greasiest person yeah. in the world during this scene. Um, but it is very funny to see, uh, both Gigi and Hathaway, uh, react in different ways, but both, like, equally, like, disgusted. Um...
1: He's so camp about it, too. He's like a, like an 18th century fop about how he asks yeah. Gigi to sleep with him. It's yeah, the, God,
0: fuck this guy, I hate him so much. Yeah,
1: it, it's a perfect amalgamation of, like, slimy, of slime and fascist that mm. I, like, Really sells how un- truly unpleasant he must be to be around. Yeah,
3: the um, whole time, uh, Hathaway's like, really, you're doing this? Yeah, right in front, right in, of, my in my front sal- of
0: everyone, really?
3: In front of his salad. He's eating a salad while this is happening, too.
0: Yeah.
3: Also, <laughs> it's breakfast time and Gigi's eating a steak. And She's said, a girl boss! Mention, Eva, I was
0: Gigi gonna bring it up as
1: <laughs> Gigi has never done a single bad thing in her entire life.
0: Ron Swanson-ass breakfast
1: yeah she's she's incredible i love her yeah so much
0: um i I did like the little part uh after Gigi kind of like storms off um because you know she's like wow creep bye uh you know that's when halfway you know wonders aloud is like you know will mafti be a martyr and kenneth is like i hope so i'll be the one to kill him and it's just like oh give it half an hour buddy you'll realize who you just said that to it's and such it's, a good moment. I, I love, and like, he, Kenneth is so, you know, to add on to the sleaze, he's just so immediately buddy-buddy with Hathaway, because we see it earlier, Um, after Lane Aim, first of all, I love Lane Aim, very cool character, I kind of just great. what love more him. he does, um, but like, Lane Aim is like a test pilot who's not really that good in combat, and, and uh, Kenneth keeps joking, it's like, oh, yeah, if you're not doing better, like, we're just going to give the Penelope to Hathaway. And, you know, at the base, he's like, hey, if you stay here and join us, like, you can pilot the Penelope. So he's very much trying to be, like, you know, really buddy-buddy. And, like, he he comes across as the guy who is, like, a complete sleazebag, who, like, constantly is just, like, schmoozing and sucking up and trying to impress every single person he meets. So just, like, give it a rest, dude.
2: There's, like, a weird, like, age element to this that doesn't come, that isn't made explicit in the movie, but I um, yeah. my how, understanding... how, how old, Kenneth? So there's no specific age um for Kenneth but um my understanding is that he did fight during Shah's rebellion that's when he's uh, saw, like active combat right. um so he's probably in his 30s like early 30s is that w- would be my guess
0: Yeah cuz Hathaway um, is 25 Gigi's 19 we know Kenneth has been divorced already so
2: That's true yeah um so he's like definitely this like it's it, it's a strange relationship they have because he is like this older man who is still, like, very, like, uh, uh, jokey with him in a way that's, like, uh, I don't have words for it, but it's not, it's very uncomfortable. He's like, I, yeah, you
0: cool uncle, Kenneth. Mm. Yeah, God, he's, I, I like him. He's a fun character, but I just, oh, God, what a creep.
1: He's a great creep. In the tradition of Gundam creeps, he's...
0: he's yeah, great. he's entertaining, if nothing else.
1: Um, I'm a big fan of Gundam creeps.
0: Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, there they're in later on we have the best in this part still. We have mm-hmm. the best inappropriate sexual comment that anyone in a Gundam property has ever said. And that's that kid who randomly says that milfs are awesome.
0: Yes, um, I wrote that down
1: too. <laughs> the the best character in any Gundam series ever. <laughs> this he gets it he He's just like older women are so great. i wanna I wanna get one someday, so
0: it's like after this is after all that, right? You know, Hathaway signs yeah. the thing and leaves. he goes to the ferry and like you know, all the incoming ferries are completely fucked because of the previous terrorist incident bombing hotels. So he just wanders for a while and he knows he's gonna get picked up um but he just like sits at a beach. And he's like, you know, it's all sweaty and hot out. And, like, this little guy in a catamaran comes up. He's, like, some, like, young teenage kid. Um, and some of Mafti's people come up on the boat. Like, we see Emeralda again. We see uh, the guy in the hat, Junpei, from Persona 3 again. And, like, they, the kid sees Emeralda and, like, pick him up. And then he, he's like, oh, aren't older Ruben cool? And this is, like, little Hunter over here.
1: Yeah, the best. He's the most valid character. It's him and Gigi. Like, it's him... Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, redacted from turn A. Gigi Hama. Just
0: Dream Blunt legends. Rotation.
1: <laughs> all all the best. Another line, um, another yeah. line
3: that he says is that mm-hmm. like, uh the lady told me you're not good with water. And that, that's like, oh man, flashbacks to Zeta.
0: Oh oh my god, I never got that. <gasps> that's really good. See to me that's just like, oh you get motion sick on boats, me too. I can't go on a boat ever again. But with that context, oh my gosh, that's like good catch.
2: Love to know how Emeralda knows this. Does Hathaway like get drunk one night and tell her like like embarrassing stories or something? Like, how let, let me t- tell you about would. the time
0: I almost drowned.
1: He I mean, would. He he's a mess. Uh,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it's a that 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 tracks. I mean, I've yeah, I I tell like my funny embarrassing stories to all my friends, so I feel like that's not really outside their own possibility for him.
3: Yeah, if I got rescued
1: by Amaro Ray, I'd probably tell people.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't care how embarrassing it was. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um also now
1: with the way this movie ends, the that line about water is gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah. Um so so, so, so Cass mentioned in the summary how Mafti's base uh is like a crash piece of colony. I loved that touch. So the base is in Indonesia. Um I found it on a map. I did my little bit of research, um, and this had to have been part of when Xeon dropped uh, the colony on Earth way back when. It makes sense that, like, if it were to break apart high enough, it would have reached Indonesia because it was like oh, I think like yeah. Easter in Australia is where they dropped it. Um, but yeah, it's like this huge hunk of metal, and they like disguise the top of it with like greenery and stuff, so you can't really tell from above. But like, we get to see the actual like mafty base in this area, um, and like, it, there's something charming about like the sort of sense of camaraderie you can tell that all these characters have with each other like yeah they it, may be it, terrorists but they're terrorists who are buddies with each other
1: in another movie uh this is like the robin hood's merry men yeah yeah uh, these are the these are like the characters we would have been following and they would have had little arcs and we would have really gotten to know them and love them mm-hmm. but this movie is super weird <laughs> like yeah. very Nothing about this movie's structure makes any goddamn sense. So it didn't make the normal choice
0: mm-hmm.
1: of, of like, well, these are obviously our, you know, band of, you know, merry Freedom Fighters.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and maybe that's coming in Hathaway, too. But
0: uh, yeah, when they be right
1: now, it's just really
0: right. Interesting. Um, I, I, I will say the, the mechanics name is Maximilian. So that's uh, one point for me.
2: Yeah, congrats, Max. That's a great... <laughs>
0: yeah, I did it. I'm finally in a Gundam change. property. Yeah.
1: My name's a Jewish name, so I'm never appearing in a Gundam.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... Oh, God, I fucking hate yeah, Tomino. God. <laughs> fucking hate Tomino. God. Um, but yeah, we we, we see, like, I, I think Raymond is one of the pilots. Sivet uh, is one of the characters who is in that, like, strike team when they hit the hotels in Davao. Um and like the main all intel guy is Iram, um he's cool he's a he's a fun guy um he's like the guy who's like has the glasses and the hair that looks kind of like Yusuke from Persona Five why are all of my character touchstones Persona characters, um it's I I just I like all the characters in Mafti because like the movie, and I think ours, you mentioned this really early on, the movie really doesn't make that many accommodations for people who haven't seen things before, but in this case, these are all completely new characters, but the movie still glosses them over as if you know them, so we don't get this, like, slideshow of hi, I'm so-and-so, this is why I'm here. It's just like, yeah, they're characters, and they have names, and you kind of get to see what their deal is just through what they do in the movie. It's a very good case, I think, of showing and not telling.
2: It's a very efficient storytelling. Yes. Um, There's lots of, like, um, I think, uh, speaking to, like, the kind of, like, sense of warmth um, and to the kind of, like, touchstone throughout, I think, this conversation of, like, um, the character animation and this is, like, really good. Like, Hathaway has been, um, like, very, like, closed off throughout this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. He's been not necessarily cold, but probably, like, a little bit distant. um, And, you know, uh, I guess, like, feeling kind of trapped and stuff. Um, and when, as soon as he like steps off that seaplane and and into the base, like he's like smiling, he's like, um, tapping like people on the shoulder and stuff. Um, I think it does like a lot of it, it, like you said, it like feels really warm. I feel like it does a lot for his character. Um, like I like Mafti a lot more when he's with other people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really like the scene also.
0: Mm. -hmm. it, 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 it's nice. It's like, it's like this, here's our weird fucked up family of terrorists. We live inside a piece of wrecked colony. Good for them. Um, Good. What else? What else? What else? Interrogation scene was rough. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kenneth's flag fucking sucks. Yeah. It's like, as soon as uh, Seto Kaiba starts taunting him, it's like they say that Mafti's the ghost of Shar Asmal. Kenneth's like, all right, you're going to be like this. Let me just like bonk your head on a table, fucker.
1: Gauman Galman rules.
0: I um, love Gauman
1: he's got in the kenneth, next part in the next okay. part he gets to interact with lane aim and it's great yes about that. was that brian oh
3: kenneth does that um human rights violation into war crime combo
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah really? he really got yeah. those frames just right for that oh god
1: yeah
3: um,
0: I, he
1: does a, he does a couple war crimes
0: he does uh, several, several war crimes uh
1: oh wow! Well, uh, what carrying around the riding crop which very gay uh Interesting stuff. Yeah,
2: he—that definitely is like a very specific choice. Also, he's—I um, think, Max, you may You think this is like a sign of villainy? He—he's a horse boy. We yeah, see him. Okay.
0: Like... Thank you for bringing this up. We've seen the Gundam. I've seen. I've only ever seen one other horse, and Char rode it. So we can yeah, confirm. Char was right. <laughs> well. <laughs> We can concur. If you ride a horse, you're willing to do terrible, terrible, terrible things for your ideology. <laughs> That's what I'll yeah. say.
2: He like uh, really commits to the bit too. Like there's a there's a scene where like he's talking to Halfway and he's like unpacking his office um, and he just like takes out like a huge statue of I think maybe it's like a trophy of him like riding a horse. Um, it's uh, it's incredible. Like I like this detail. We like this like small peek into his boy. life. He's a yeah. horse
0: boy. God. I mean, I, I will say his character design, as much as I hate him, his character design is really sick. Like, he's a really cool-looking character. It's really funny. Um,
1: anime boyfriend.
0: Yeah, so, have y'all seen what he looks like in the original novel? Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to paste a photo uh, in the scheduling chat of what Kenneth Slague looks like in the novel, and tell me this is not, like, the biggest up.
2: Oh, my God. This is <laughs> a nightmare. Um...
0: They removed his horrible greasy mullet and gave him cool hair.
3: Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> thank goodness.
0: It, it, th- yeah, thank goodness. That's like the main thing. Like they, they really. I, I think Kenneth more than any other character gave like the biggest glow up possible.
1: Although Hathaway, uh, Hathaway Noah has that nice little curly hair. Yeah, that I love so much. Uh, <laughs> he he, and he really does look like uh, no, bright Noah and Mirai's son.
0: Um, yeah, they did such a good job of making him like like y- the perfect like combination. Like he has like like yeah, you look at him and it's like oh yeah, that is, that is absolutely half of Noah, half of Mirai. It's good. Just, just the character designs in the movie is really on point. Like I love how unique they made all of the Mafti members look. Like Emerald looks cool as hell. Mahesh looks cool as hell. Like, we see Aram like a cool. Goggle's
2: guy later who looks like
0: amazing. Like the little guys like, creature. That's Maximilian, isn't he? Oh, is that Maximilian? Yeah! You got cool goggles, oh, like a oh. Digimon protag. He's got the minion goggles. Banana! I would call them bass goggles uh, in your notes. Oh, god, they are bass goggles! Uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Oh,
1: Eggman, no! Oh, jeez. Well, win some,
0: lose some. Yeah, you know, Ken, you, you cast a net that wide, you're going to get some bad fish. Um,
2: How do people think, um, do, I guess, like, uh... Do you all read Hathaway as the ghost of Shar Asnabal? How do you like see that line? So
0: that Ooh. is really interesting. Cause like you when you say ghost of Char I think everyone's gonna think, oh, full frontal from Unicorn. But like it I I, I think I I don't even know if what Galman was saying, if like he believes it himself or if he's just saying it to like piss off Kenneth. Because like at no point is he kind of likening is Hathaway likened himself to Char, right? Like yeah, I guess like you can draw the tenuous line of like I said before doing terrible things for your ideology. But like it, it, the, the, he I guess they both want people to go to space but for different reasons. I mean, Shar Shar ha, half for the earth half to like kind of fulfill what his father wanted to do, but like Hathaway is like none of why Shar wanted to do it for new types It's just like, yeah, we got to protect the earth. So like I can see why someone kind of like who doesn't know Hathaway and doesn't really know Shar would think that he's the ghost of Shar, but like as far as the actual character, I don't. That that's a very interesting thing for Galma to say that I don't really agree with. I don't know. I think it was there's an interesting.
1: Something, line. There's something there in the earlier comment by Gigi about like becoming a dictator, incapable of making mistakes, and becoming a god. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of like about how like this the inherent like. Issues with authority and the authority of like the divine over the individual uh which intersects with some divine right of king's ideas mm-hmm. there's there's a lot going on there um so if you see like like char was portrayed in Zeta quite frequently as someone who could just assume leadership yeah um like he had that quality which uh ties in with some like as I said, Divine Right of Kings type stuff, that some people are just, like, natural leaders, um, and you could draw a sort of spiritual through-line in that idea. I'm not sure it, uh, makes sense with the rest of Gundam's ideology, but honestly, Tomino's ideology is kind of confused anyway. Uh, so, yeah, there's some stuff going on that I don't have, like, fully worked out. But uh this I don't know that the movie specifically presents Hathaway as Shar Aznable reincarnated. But you could make an argument, I think, that like divine right of kings, Shah died, so his right to rule passed down to Hathaway. Um, right. Oh,
0: that's
1: which, interesting. To see, which is oh. complicated and obviously the concept of like monarchies as uh defined by sort of like spiritual mandates from heaven, um, is inherently problematic and inherently oh, yeah, uh, sure. troublesome. Although the idea of like how monarchs can work in more interesting, complex ways is brought up in turn A in a way that is really fascinating, but can't get into right now. But
0: uh <laughs> Yeah, the, I, think Tom-
1: I think Tomino has been playing around with like the conflict between like uh, more modern ideologies such as fascism and democracy and classical sort of ideologies such as like monarchism um, and sort of the way these things and like spirit- spiritualism and how these things clash and can possibly find meaning in it trying to integrate them in some way. Uh, again, I really don't have this idea fully worked out, but I think there's something there, at the mm-hmm. very least.
0: Yeah. Uh, were you going to say something, Brian?
3: Yeah, what I see is that, like, Cathalie definitely has that, like, original flavor chart where he's, like, assassinating government officials.
0: Mmm.
3: Mm, that's true.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that's an intre- That's more, yeah, because, like, when you think about it, and I mean... We see a news article and it's like the redraw of that one scene from when Shar made his speech in Shar's Counterattack. But looking at him more as 0079 Shar and not uh, Shar's Counterattack Shar, that's an interesting read. I feel like there can be like sort of comparing him to all the different eras of Shar and like which ones he most matches up to. It's like he kind of pulls from all of them in a way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think Hmm. even if he hasn't, if any. Even if he doesn't see it, he's definitely inherited his will in some way,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, like the main thing he's trying to do is definitely like what Shar would have wanted to do, like the end result, I mean, of just getting everyone the fuck off of earth.
2: It's sort of like a um almost like a reverse of like uh reverse in like process or reverse in like the cause and effects kind of thing going on here. Um, I mean, like my reads of Shar and halfway is that like I feel like their similarities are mostly in that they're like. They are both, uh, like, angled against, like, imperialism, I guess, and against the Federation. Um, they both but, like, come from somewhat privileged backgrounds.
0: Mm. That's true yes. as well,
2: yeah. Um, and, like, Hathaway is, um, I mean, Shah's kind of, like, gambit in Shah's counterattack is that they will get, um, like, they will commit, like, an act of, like, incredible violence, um, to remove the Earth Federation from power um, and to ensure that like the only place like humanity can live is off world. Um, uh, so it's kind of like a, is, I guess, maybe the answer is it's like removing a kind of like hegemony um, from the Earth sphere. Um, and Hathaway is kind of doing the same thing, but it's kind of like, well, we're, we're getting rid of the Federation first, right? Like we're not uh, like, the getting kind of like I guess I'm getting kind of a mixed up here, sorry. Um but like I guess it's like Shah Char, Shah's aim is like to Shah is like willing to put the planet into a deep sleep to get humanity off world and to like remove the Federation. Whereas for Halfway it does seem like the Federation is coming first. Like the Federation has got to go first of all. Um and Halfway seems to think that he can do this um by, I guess, like, assassinating them, whether or not that'll actually bear fruit. I guess we'll see.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. Anything else on part three? Um, I don't think I have anything.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, how about let's take it home? I will give y'all the final part of this movie. As Elaine, Ames, team flies to the MAFTI base, Hathaway, Emeralda, and Raymond fly to the upper atmosphere to rendezvous with the incoming cargo. Emeralda safely gets Hathaway inside the cargo pod and he enters the cockpit of the Chi Gundam, swearing to fully become Mafty nephew, Aaron. As he's attacked by Lane, he sees the ghost of Amuro in the soup, telling him that death never comes when you're ready for it. Hathaway shakes this off and begins attacking Lane and his team. In the battle, Lane refuses to continue using Gauman as a human shield, releasing him and proving to Hathaway that he's an honorable pilot. The two Gundams face off and Hathaway shoots down Lane after using his beam rifle as a decoy explosion. After the battle, Mafti's new base, the freighter ships Valiant and Searack, head to Owen Valley. Finally, back at the base, Gigi tells Kenneth she will stay for a few more days after all. Things are about to get interesting. It's really interesting how, like, little stuff is in the back part of the movie.
2: Before um, we recorded, you mentioned, like, yeah, you, mentioned that you wanted to have, like, the big robot scene, and the robots in this section are just incredibly cool. This fight scene, um, so and fun. everything before it is just sick. Um, there's lots of, like, the I guess the thing that makes this section work is, like, the coolest entry, uh, like episodes of Gundam, are uh, like uh, the re-entry episodes. And yes. what this movie does is it has like, uh, like atmosphere escape sequence and then a re-entry sequence uh, all mm-hmm. at once.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we just, just like kind of choice. yeah, we kind of condensed it and made it go as fast as possible. But you still get that like really like I- intense sort of fear. Yeah, That's really cool. What, what I'm unclear on is so. This the 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 RX-105 Chi Gundam. They say Kasai in the dub and I don't think that's right cuz it's a Greek letter. I'm pretty sure Kingdom Hearts 3 has told me it's K. I Um I just call it the Chi Gundam, but it's XI. It's the 3 hamburger lines look like the Xbox button on the controller, but um a was this made by Anaheim for Mafti? Like I don't think they're like dealing it cuz I don't I don't like. I I don't know if this was originally for the Earth Federation or for Mafty. Like, if they're stealing it or if they're actually just picking it up because it's theirs.
2: My we understanding really have is. No uh, my understanding from the novels is that yes, this is something that Mafty uh, like bought. I think specifically, okay. like Halfway has been up there for the last like month, uh, mm-hmm. like testing it out before he takes the um, kind of like oh. shuttle at the beginning of the movie. Um, and I think maybe the implication there is that, like, because his name is Halfway Noah, like he has that kind of like yeah, that's his kind of like in um to
0: acquiring it. Okay, interesting. All right,
2: which what is I interesting think... because it sort of it sort of
1: works against the idea of Anaheim playing both sides, which is a you know it has been underscoring a lot. Is a, is a concept which has underscored a lot of Gundam media. The idea of Anaheim and other weapons manufacturers but mostly Anaheim sort of providing them weapons for every side to uh, kill as many people as possible, yeah. which of course we know is based in Tomino's history of incredible antisemitism.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, uh, so it's interesting that in this, at, in this, uh, his sort of like status as Hathaway Noah sort of grants, granted him that assumption Oh, you're part of the Federation.
2: Uh, there's no, like... I'm not 100% sure if that's true. Like, I, I'm I'm basing this kind of, like, on, um, like, fragments. I I think they might know that he's from Mafti. Like, I think Anaheim might be the people who know that, like, both of those people are the same. Um, yeah. Is, I think, how it goes. But I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure.
3: Yeah, there's this line in the street fight sen- sequence where Hathaway wonders if Anaheim betrayed them. And what I think is that they know that he's... Not that he is Mafti or part of some organization, and that he's worried that they routed him out to the Federation.
0: Mm, Right, got you.
3: Because that's when he sees when he sees the Penelope uh, fly overhead.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, and that was really just Kenneth figured it out and sent Lay in the team after him. But okay. No, I get that now. Yeah. Um, the Gachik gun looks really sick. Very cool. It's it is like. It's similar. You can tell it has the sort of same design through line as the Penelope. It's a lot smaller. It doesn't need the really the, the oversized jacket in order to fly. Like, all the Bonofsky craft stuff is built inside the armor. Um, it still has those cool sort of, like, hexagons on the uh, elbows and knees that, like, the Penelope has all over its plates. Uh, it has, like, almost a bug-like head. Yeah. I mean, com- completely separate from, you know, like, the bug-like designs of Zamsker and Victory, but... It's it, in the battle. Lane comments like, "Oh, you! This is a lookalike Gundam." Like Lane doesn't think it's an actual Gundam because it doesn't look like a Gundam. It has gigantic hands. Like the only thing that makes it look like a Gundam is that it has two eyes and a. I say this in the loosest possible terms. V fin. That's really it.
1: It's it's a really weird looking robot. Um, it reminds me. Fuck machine. It reminds
3: me a lot of the Bylawant. Just that huge walking yes, yes. size. Yeah. it is the
0: the wide set arms is the main thing too. Like, because because I, I I have gunpla of this in the in the Penelope and like building the Chi Gundam is like it it, it feels so weird because yeah you build the arms but the way the arms connect like it it it's it honestly feels like if you kind of like stuck your elbows out like parallel to the ground and then like let your forearms dangle downwards is what it feels like because it has just like really weird like j- just like these gigantic like bear paws almost if you look at the art of it i don't know it, it's so weird looking the cockpit is weird the way it's like this weird like it juts out and like it, it looks like it has its own v-fin because it has the 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 yellow weird lightning bolt wobbly looking v-fin on the cockpit where halfway gets in it but yeah he he gets in um like i mentioned in the summary so well actually before that i won't get too far ahead of myself but like just a segment of when emerald is in the messer commander which is just a messer but purple um the 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 tenseness of that scene as she's like trying to so gingerly get close to the capsule and and without breaking it and like she's like crying and like sweating and freaking the hell out and i'm like i and they really make you know, they do a good job of making the audience feel all of that as well. Freaked me out. Oh, this
2: whole sequence, like halfway is being like a backseat driver. He's like, oh well, you know, uh, just ram it this time. Uh, like, why are not you, uh, like, haven't you, like, uh, can you, can you just like ram it a bit closer? I don't care if there's any damage. Yeah, um, and is just like, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut like, up. leave me alone. Please. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Ah, uh, but like when when she finally grabs it, he gets inside, and this is when he's like swearing. He's like, all right. I am Mafti now. Like, this is when he no longer is halfway Noah. He is Mafty nephew Aaron. He's like, I'm gonna cut all of them off. And of course, I don't believe that he's gonna cut all these relationships off, because he's gonna see Gigi again. He's gonna be like, well, now, hold on a minute. I know I said all mm. that shit in space, but... And also his Mafti girlfriend. Yeah, that's true! Yeah, his girlfriend's Leonie from Fire Emblem he, uh, Three Houses, and we don't see her until the last ten seconds of the movie. <laughs> Bold choice. Bold um, choice. I'm
2: happy for Leonie, though. That seems like a you go from child soldier to, like, uh, child soldier, but advanced. Um, that's... Child
0: soldier, nuclear. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, this fight rules, though. Like, it, it's it's CG, which I usually don't care much for, but, like, it's kind of the concession you have to make. Uh, one of my biggest complaints is that I wish I could actually see what was going on. Can I please get an action yeah. scene set in the daytime, Gundam?
2: It's uh, a lot. It's very... I think Netflix doesn't do this any favors because it's very, like... Um... Uh, I'm not. I'm not like a big video person, but like it's like there's like some weird compression stuff going on in the Netflix release that makes it look a bit darker than it maybe should do. So, yeah,
1: um, yeah. The the video uh, codec is uh, there's a lot of compression, and mm-hmm. th- this is sort of inherent to like all streaming platforms. Is that you're never actually when you're streaming something through Netflix, uh, you're never actually seeing it at the uh, resolution right uh that it says you're seeing it at Mm, tremendous love that
0: netflix uh, thank you
1: and even and also like depending if you're watching via a browser versus an app uh, that changes the max resolution at which you can see something uh like i think google chrome tops out at like 720p so
0: Mm. um,
1: yeah that
2: sounds right especially for um but yeah, no, I, I do agree. This scene is, like, very, very dark. Um, um, and it does do some some cool things because, like, you see, like, the laser flashes, like, very brightly. Um, there's, like, a, uh, not to get too ahead, but there's, like, a... What do you call it? It's, like, an, an, an Otani Circus. Um, yeah, Otani Circus. The um, Missile Circus is so rad. Which uh, is incredible and looks great against the night sky. But otherwise, it's a very, kind of, like, murky sequence.
0: Yeah. There's a very nice shot when the Penelope and the Chi locked their beam sabers, the light, you get to fully kind of see them. And, like, that's when you finally see the Gundam head inside the Penelope, and you get to see this, the Chi's weird bug face. Um, it's cool, though. I like, you know, all cool robot and tapping the sign yet again. <laughs>
1: the robots are cool. Um, yeah. And they do fight, and mm-hmm. they uh, do explosions
0: yes. at each other.
1: Um, and the explosions are big. They're very and, big.
0: Yeah, Much to think uh, about. That-
1: this is my deep commentary about the road. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, th- this is when I started to really like Lane Aim. Because uh, we've seen him before, and you know Kenneth mentioned earlier on that he's just really an experienced test pilot who's not that good in combat. We kind of see people poking fun at him in the base before he actually takes off in the Penelope to lead the unit. And after Kenneth does war crimes at Gowman, he like puts him inside the cockpit with Lane. And the whole time Lane is like, yeah, you know, the boss told me to keep you as a human shield, but fuck that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Like, I'm just going to let you go because I'm an honorable pilot and I want to fight this other lookalike Gundam on my own terms. Which is like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're an Earth Federation freak, but at least you value human life a little bit. Like, that's, okay. I will give you a point for that, Mr. Lane. I like Lane. I'm really excited to see where they take Lane in the second movie.
2: I love Lane. He's like benevolent Jared, um, in that he's like he's he's much nicer as a person. I think you kind of get that impression, but also he does suck at everything he does, um, which is
0: incredible to me. He has like the fail son qualities of Jared without the cockiness and rudeness of Jared. He's like a polite fail son. Absolutely. Yeah. He's not that
1: polite even. He's just relatively more polite. Yeah.
0: I mean, Jared was a terrible person, but Jared is also my favorite Gundam character. So who can say? (laughs) Um. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Bryant, is there anything that you wanted to uh, hone in on for this part?
3: Not really. I guess the only thing I have to mention is that there's that bit of animation when Kenneth figures out that, like, uh, uh, Hathaway is mafty, and, mm-hmm. like, Gigi just has this in really good pencil flicking. Like, the animators. Oh, my flexing.
0: God, I love her cool, sick pencil flicking moves. She's so, she it's does, she's, really she's cool. good at everything she does.
1: The rotoscoping is incredible. They did a great job <laughs> yeah. there. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> They um yeah
1: there's no drop frames or anything. It's Mm-mm.
0: just real good stuff. Oh, they put the money where they needed to. Um,
2: um we should maybe mention uh that that man, that villain, the person we hate uh certainly I hate the most. Uh ammo shows up for just one second? Uh um, Yes,
0: God, I was like, I had to pause and I'm like, can we not? Can I get a fucking single Gundam UC property where Amro's not involved? Uh and- He's in the we'll soup. Just
2: wait for victory.
0: You know, the, yeah. the soup. Yeah. The
2: soup is the soup is real.
0: Um, the soup is real. It's the same soup from um. It's like that sort of like green, blue, yellow tinge from Shars counterattack when uh question mark question mark question mark happened at the end of that movie. But he just says the Grim Reaper doesn't arrive when you're ready for it, which is like a good sentiment. But I wish literally anyone else had that. But Amuro,
1: there's a couple good uh, new type moments uh, that take the sting off Amuro showing up. Like, the quest moment, or the uh, nightclub dance scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those sure. are all, Or in the shuttle. But yeah, Amaro showing up is like, come on, Amaro, leave this kid alone. Yeah, I it think would've... it would have... I you think go. it would have... Okay. Yeah, I Sorry,
3: think kid. it would have made more sense if uh, Char said it, almost, because he's the one yeah. most aligned
2: to Hathaway.
0: So I was going to say, I think, what if Quest was the one to say it?
2: Yeah, I Ooh. was really surprised when Quest didn't show up in this movie. Um, like, I when I first watched this, because I was watching the subs and I didn't, like, kind of have the kind of voice recognition for um, kind of, like, Gigi's voice actor, um, I thought she was Quest when she has that new type flash in the beginning. But yeah. I don't think that's true. I think that is just Gigi. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really surprising, I think.
1: Quest only gets that one brief moment. Uh where he remembers like Shar on the horseback.
0: Yeah. Where um, it's, it, it's happening again. That poem moment. Yeah.
1: Um, which I'm like, well, justice for quest, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she's great and perfect. And I love her. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I would have liked it if she'd shown up,
0: uh, again. Uh, because but... it, when, when he gets in the cockpit, he's like, maybe you're right quest. Like, cause he's talking like at quest in his mind about like, becoming mafti so it's just weird that like of all people Amro, because like he doesn't have like yeah yeah Amro is the preeminent new type and that's really the only other like new type he knows because like yeah shar is a new type but he's not a good new type but like i I think it really would have made the most sense for it to have been quest to be the one to say that to him but
3: Quest or lala if
1: lala showed up i'd laugh
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be better than Amru, but, like, that would be, I think, more bewildering just because, like, he has no idea who Lala is.
1: Yeah, that's what would make it great.
0: Like, oh, I just, I saw a swan inside the suit before I did my cool war crimes and my cool new Gundam. Well, what was that about? Um, in some ways, I guess there is, like, a sadness to Quest
2: not showing up, right? Like, Qu- Halfway is talking to Quest, uh, like, directly or indirectly for, like, yeah. a couple of points in this movie, and, like, um, maybe part of that is, like, you know, maybe to be glib, like, um, like Halfway is, like... He's telling Gigi that he doesn't believe in new types. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's true. But in fairness to him, the only time new types show up, it's uh, Amuro giving him, like, terrible advice that he doesn't I know. really need. Um, so it's, I understand why he you're feels that die,
0: dude. Yeah, like, and, and, you know, he ends up shooting Lane down. He does some maneuver where he, like, fires off his beam rifle. And, like, it blows up. And, you know, that probably has enough of a reactor that... You know, like Lane, it blows up big enough that Lane thinks he shot down the Chi Gundam, but then that's when uh, Hathaway reveals himself and he does the cool Otani circus, and like Lane is just like, completely downed. And like Lane hates this. He is not happy because he's just like floating on the ocean with the Penelope, and he's just like free. And he's like, I could have sworn I shot him. So this is certainly going to have like maybe we'll get like a nice like pilot's rivalry between Hathaway and Lane because like they don't really have a character rivalry. Because they, they don't think, I don't know if they'll ever meet or not. I don't think they necessarily need to. They just know each other. Do you think like, Kenneth will ever get in a mobile suit? I don't, I feel like he's a bad pilot. I feel like Kenneth's more just like a better tactician, maybe. I don't, I, I, want I can't. Kenneth to,
1: I want Kenneth to, Don Quixote style, tilt at a mobile suit on a horse.
0: Yeah. They, on a horse. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> just tilting at with condoms.
1: Go for a weird horse boy.
0: Yeah. That's what. <laughs> that's what he deserves um and yeah like af- after all that fighting happens we we see we kind of like cut right over to uh the base bases like they've been abandoned i guess they like probably scrapped it and blew it up or whatever uh and they're on these two big like uh, ocean freighters now uh they're gonna go block the suez canal um they have the chi gundam they lost the beam rifle maximilian's like yeah all the spare parts are at the bottom of the ocean great job buddy <laughs> very very sad um yeah, and but it's just it's, it's this weirdly like happy ending, right? That you wouldn't yeah. really expect from this. It's Which like of course the,
1: means everything's going to go terribly. Later. Yeah,
0: it, it it's a hopeful ending, not a really a happy ending.
2: Yeah, the ending song is great as well, but it's like it is very upbeat. Like you say, it's like a very um like it feels like the it it almost feels like sports anime ish um, to me. I'm not sure if yeah, that's like a, a bit. anyone else made, but like it's yeah, it's such an up tempo song for a movie that. Husbands a little bit, but not really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, again, we get we get this... Uh, they mention Owen Belly, how they're going to, like, scout their next. So, I like, I, hopefully the next movie is going to talk more about, like... I, I think we'll see some interesting clashes between, like, actual MAFTI and, like, the pretend MAFTI. And then maybe... maybe I don't know, like, if they're going to try and recruit pretend MAFTI to be actual MAFTI or be like, hey, this isn't us. Like, we'll help you, but, like, maybe... Chill out and stop trying to just like shoot people on planes. I don't know. I I, I am interested to see like what happens next.
1: Certainly going to be something. Yeah, and I assume it'll happen within the
2: next twenty years.
0: I I hope so. I really hope so. I'd like to see another halfway movie in my lifetime.
2: I think we will. I think like the production on this was like shortened mostly due to like COVID reasons. Like yes. this movie was ready um, like
0: like a year and a half ago.
2: Yeah, literally. Um, so like. I, my hope is that at the very least the next movie will come out soon, a little bit sooner than you think. Um, yeah. But who knows when after Halfway Free is?
0: Like, yeah, right. That's... Yeah, I mean, we'll all be there. We'll I'll reassemble this team. We'll have the same level of commentary, which is, I think, you know, we'll have that nice through line. But <sighs> Gundam, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, uh, and there true. is that. There's that one final scene, like after the end of the credits. Uh, where all it shows, it just shows a like, looks like an oil painting of a scene from Owen Belly, it says two days ago Um, I can't tell if it was like the Federation captured Owen Belly or if it was the Mafti rebels like claiming control over Owen Belly but like it is this final strange confusing teaser of just like I, I think it's just more of the promise of like yeah, we're gonna go to Owen Belly and figure out what the fuck's going on over there
2: Excited for Australian Gundam. I just, it's it's coming home.
0: Um like, coming uh, home.
1: Um much like much like football, it's coming. Home. God mm-hmm. yeah.
0: go <laughs> go go Italy.
2: Go Italy, <laughs> that's for sure.
0: <sighs> oh. oh god. Um that's basically the movie though. Huh? I really liked it. I am I think I'll be definitely like returning to it every once in a while, just because, like, it's a nice, short experience that, like, still feels pretty complete, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, do, do, we, do we have any sort of, like, closing overarching thoughts?
2: Um, not
0: really. I know maybe a little more.
2: I'm not sure what everyone else here knows about where this series goes. I kind of have an idea of how it ends up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all I can say is just that I'm very excited for uh, everyone to see it. Um, I think it's very interesting.
3: Yeah, I don't have anything to say until like this uh, whole series finishes up, so mm-hmm. I'm ready to yeah. sign on.
0: Yeah, you got anything closing out ours?
1: Um, uh, sorry, my cat decided to be a little bit of a distraction. <laughs> but, uh, uh, nothing immediate is coming to mind. Uh, robots are cool; I like that stuff.
0: Confirmed. Um, uh,
1: when you get when y'all get to victory and turn A, uh, some stuff. <laughs> that I said is going to make like more sense and then I will feel good. Um,
0: Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be fun coming to second one with like more context, like in more, more shows discussed in the podcast that we can talk about in more detail. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's time. Let's do some plugs. You know, I went to the trouble of getting y'all on the show. I'm sorry, that sounded a little presumptuous. I got y'all on the show, so now you get to tell us what you are up to, um, if you would like. Uh, We can go top-down again. So, ours, if you would like, where can we find you on the internet?
1: Uh, Nowhere. I have no internet presence, but if you want to... You're so wise. Yeah. Uh, Discord is the only way to reach me. Uh, I also have a Tumblr, but no one needs to know about that Um, because it doesn't get used. Uh, The... If you do want to do anything for me, though, uh, support archives and libraries. um, Yes, absolutely. Put pressure on politicians to actually fund archives and libraries. The NEH and NEA cover something like 98% of all archival library funding in the U.S., and the way those grant structures work is uh, they require innovation which of course means maintenance go, falls by the wayside. Um, so a lot of the important parts of maintaining a collection uh, is left to uh, struggle with no money while uh, people try and write grants for advancements which will inevitably be
2: abandoned.
0: Um, Tremendous. So, yeah. yeah. Support your local library. Uh, Cass?
2: Yeah, uh, likewise, I don't have too much to plug. Um, I have a Twitter at uh, Kashishi, um, which is a nightmare to spell, but uh, if any, uh, which is like, I guess I should probably actually go to the work of spelling it. Um, K-A-S-S-H-I-S-H-I. Um, I mostly use it to post about uh, Higurati, which is my current kind of brain rot. Um,
0: so <laughs> um,
2: that's kind of where you can find me. I think that's everything I have to plug.
0: Right on. Bryant?
2: Alright, uh,
3: I'm Bryant. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Parasoso. That's M-R-P-E-R-E-Z-S-O-S-O. And you can also find me on a podcast, Departure Lounge, the internet's number one airplane-themed Hunter x Hunter podcast, Uh, at Twitter at HXHpod, where you can have me, a uh, uh, former co-host of this show, Morg, and... Uh, and wow, cool robot Discord uh, friend Callie, there.
0: Hell yes, yeah! Future listen host to of Unikorons. the Lounge? lounge. Um, and I'm Max. You know where to find me: MaxyBajillion on Twitter. Listen to Pod of Greed at Pod of Greedcast. Uh, that's Yu-Gi-Oh. And listen to Slappers Only at Slappers Only Pod and SlappersOnlyPod.com. Uh, we just put out episode on Fire on the Three Houses. I don't know when this actual episode will go up, but we'll probably have already done. Our episode on Nino Kuni two, the best game that no one ever played. Um, this show is on Twitter at Wowku cool Podcast. Go check that out. Discord links are in the show description. Come hang out with us. Show us your gunpla. Talk about why you love terrible, badly written characters. Uh is where you can find this show. Thank you to Matt and GameCube for supporting this. You can find this uh, many, many, many other shows. Um, and finally, okay, ooh, this works perfectly. There's three of us. I'm th- there's, there's three of y'all excluding me and there's going to be three halfway movies so Ars uh, I will ask you first what's your robot of the week
1: oh uh, goodness um, I'm going to go with a really uh, really vague uh, definition of robot here Good. and say uh, the makeup effects that make up the shunting scene in the movie society um, that's my robot of the week
0: I, I know that all those were words. I didn't understand the, when you combine them together into a sentence, but I agree with you. Because... Mad
1: George went off with the with the uh, prosthetics in that one, and mm. the prosthetic devices I'm contending are significant enough that they qualify as a robot. Hey,
0: I'll I'll co-sign that. Uh, also, uh,
1: Society is a wild movie. Um, <laughs> if, if y'all um, ever want to have a really fucked up time. Uh, Society.
0: Uh, we we sure do live in one. We do be living in one. <laughs>
1: we, it's the most we live in a society movie that has ever existed, and it's also one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: So Hell yeah. Uh Cass, Robot of the Week. Hit me.
2: I was just rejoicing at having like multiple years to come up with a robot of the week. Um no, I'm putting my, you on the spot. My robot of the week uh is air conditioning. Um air conditioning units. Um mm. this will make next place uh will make sense to absolutely no one, but uh, say if you are a police officer in a rural Japanese town in the 1980s, uh, you too can use air conditioning to, uh, entrap children, um, and use them for your terrible schemes. Um, so, uh, go read Higurashi if you want to understand that one, but my evil robot of the week is, uh, air conditioning units. They're terrible. They are very useful.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> Bryant?
3: Uh, my robot of the week is uh, Elecman from Mega Man.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I love Mega Man. So Super good fighting robot. Yes. And that will do it for us. Thank you all for tuning in to this wonderful episode. Um, as we always say, I guess y'all can say it in unison with me. War is bad. Wow. wow. Cool, cool robot. robot. Hell yes. See you later, new types.